0: My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started the WNR podcast with my friend,
1: Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update.
0: Also each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well.
1: Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise.
0: Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are are the WNR. WNR. do let's start with the alternate intro and wiki Wild Wild west Jim West, Desperado, now you don't want nada. None of this six gun in this, brother running this. Buffalo soldier, looks like I told you. And he damns us and just be out. they just, when she meet Jim West, roughnecks to go check the law and abide. Watch your step, we'll flex and get a hole in your side. Swallow your pride, don't let your lip react. You don't want to see my hand where my hip be at. The start of this, running the game, Jim West, taming the West, so remember the name. Now who you gonna call? I smashed that out of the park for Wild Wild West 1999, and now the intro.
1: I'm sorry, but um, for all the rap that was released in 1999, this abomination was your go-to.
0: It was. It was the film I actually saw in the cinema, and when the giant spider came out attacking them, I thought, my God, even at a young age of 12, one of the worst films I've ever watched. And that soundtrack has got to be one of the worst soundtracks related to a film. But like I said, it is 99, and that was 20 years ago, believe it or not.
1: Well, in 1999, WCW and WWF were the two biggest wrestling companies in the world, and for the past couple of years had traded the number one slot. But as the year started, it seemed WWF had a plan to continue its hugely successful Attitude Era, while WCW had seemingly lost the plot. Rather than focusing on younger talents like Booker T, Jericho, Becker over Goldberg, it instead pushed over-the-hill stars Hogan, Piper and Flair... And continued the NWO even though it had passed its peak. This year the WNR podcast goes back 20 years and witnesses WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This is WWE versus WCW, Monday Night War, August 1999. So on this episode we have three episodes of Raw and five episodes of Nitro and we start off in WCW. Well last time out with a plan. A new feud between the older and younger stars. They had Flair, Piper, Macho, Sid, and the Steiners as the old guys. And Goldberg, Benoit, Nash, Sting, and um, Hogan? (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, let's see if they can turn things around.
0: So it's August 2nd, and it's Nitro from Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Bobby Heenan and Scott Hudson on commentary.
1: Well we open with a recap of last week's main event stuff in case you're having a hard time staying awake this week. A Auricos is Nash with Goldberg basically as a plot device.
0: Well we see Harlem Heat reuniting on Thunder, then we get Harlem Heat versus Canyon and Bam Bam Bigelow. It's non tight with Paige not in wrestling gear. Fulham actually makes more your mama jokes about Benoit. He goes one step further though by saying David Flair is a better US champion than Benoit could ever be. Well, you know it's on now. Well, at least Harlem Music is on, minus the pyro. Also an amusing bit, Booker told Stevie to take off the black and white to reform the team. They're in black and
1: white. Well, Paige leaves so Booker and Canyon can have a raise the roof contest. Booker cranks on the arm and now has a drop kick before it's off to his brother. Canyon is mediocre, kicked outside, and Bigelow comes in for a power brawl. It's Bigelow hammering down on him until Stevie actually blocks a suplex and takes Bigelow over with one of his own. Booker and Canyon come in to try and make this a bit more interesting.
0: Oh, seriously, if you have those two in a match, why would you ever let it be still? Anyway, Bigelow offers a distraction, so Canyon can poke Booker in the eye. Another suplex puts Booker down, and Bigelow adds a top right headbutt for two.
1: Two. It's not quite Benoit, but then again, maybe Bigelow's mama was worse than Chris's. Booker fights up again and hammers away before nailing the flying forearm. The hot tag brings in Stevie for big boots all around as the fans just do not care. Everything breaks down and Stevie breaks up greetings from Aisbury Park. Not a Springsteen fan, I guess. The Harlem sidekick sends Canyon to the floor and Booker goes up top only to have Paige come out and get on the apron. This brings out Benoit for a save, allowing Booker to dropkick Canyon for the pin.
0: Well, this one is a mixed bag for me as the match was a nice change of pace from the stuff I've been sitting through lately, but at the same time, I'm really not liking the idea that Booker T is back in the same tag team he was stuck in for about four years. Harlem Heat used to be great, but I really don't want to see the team again in late '99. Booker T being a US champion, but instead we're sitting through an angle designed to make Rick look corrupt, even though he doesn't have the power anymore.
1: Well, is there a reason why Sting hasn't done something about that yet? Does WCW even know that Sting has been in charge for like two weeks now? If they do, why hasn't he done something yet?
0: Well, Benoit wants a match later with Paige. And in backstage, Lenny and Lodi ask Ernest where he shops. Because they're gay, you see, and gay men like to shop.
1: Ah, I get that one. Yeah, I know. It didn't you get copy. halfway through. Oh, yeah, it continues I on know, the next I know, line. yeah, it didn't pace properly. All right, anyway. Uh, well, Chad Brock will be performing next week. I don't know who he is either. And here's President Sting with something to say. He wants Sid and Steiner out here tonight but needs a partner. The the fans chant for Goldberg and Sting seems to think that's quite a jolly good idea. He'll be back him to get Goldberg's answer.
0: Well, Sonny and the Cat sound like a 70s Saturday morning cartoon show come out to rip on Buff's bunny slippers deal last week. Tonight he's going to whip someone without his red slippers so he wants Lenny and Lodi out here right now. If they shop up, he'll tell them where he shops. Apparently, this is a match.
1: Yes, and it is The Cat versus Lenny Lane and Lody.
0: All of we're now wearing glitter and sucking on lollipops, Miller rams their heads together to start and throws Lodi to the floor for beating on Lenny. Lane goes outside as well, and we have a chase involving Ono. Back in the pair of P- drop the brothers, so Miller can pin Lane.
1: Okay, well, time to pause for a second and take a look at this. We have two men who apparently are gay, even though I don't think that's actually been said yet. On top of that, they follow almost every gay stereotype in the book, ranging from bright clothing to glitter to shopping. Then apparently they're stupid enough that Miller can beat them both up in less than two minutes because they're weak fighters. Oh, and they're brothers. Because why not make an incest joke too?
0: <laughs> well, what in the world is the point of this storyline? If there's any reason behind it other than to make fun of gay people, I certainly can't see it. I tend to think there's a lot of official statements and complaints from groups due to something they find offensive or stupid and a case where they need to just grow thicker in. But this has deserved every single lawsuit, complaint and raking of the coals that WSW got. Well,
1: com- <coughs> Let's compare them to the version that came three years later, Billy and Chuck. Now, I'm not saying Billy and Chuck were were some great leap forward for gay rights, but they were done roughly 19,000 times better than Lenny and Lodi. To begin with, they won the SmackDown Tag Team titles twice. In other words, they actually won something. Have Lenny and Lodi won a single match between the two of them since the story started? No, they have not. But here's Gene, who suddenly loves Hogan again.
0: Hogan always was a fickle guy, even though he's a Hall of Fame Hall of Famer in the WNR podcast. Anyway, here's Hogan, and a necklace made of paper clips. seriously, but minus the beard. Apparently the chicks have been all over him since he shaved. Sounded like Hulk instead of Hollywood. He talks about bleeding last week and how the cameras had to pan away before kids got scared. Oh, come on, that cut was so lame that even the Maryland State Athletic Commission wouldn't have stopped that match.
1: Anyway, Nash is a woman and Hogan is shooting. Brother. Nash can have his title shot tonight if he wants one. And then Sting comes out to get Goldberg's answer. We see Goldberg looking at a clock and heading towards the ring, only to run into Rick Steiner. Before he gets through the curtain, Steiner lures him into a room where Sid is rating with a snow shovel. Goldberg gets blasted in the head a few times, but Sting runs to the back.
0: Well, this goes as well as you would think as it would as Sid and Steiner beat Sting down as well before dragging him back to the ring. Sting fights back, beats a choke so I'm only to have Goldberg ran out to the save. You would think a snow shovel to the back would have had more effect on it, but Goldberg wants to fight, and I think we have our main event.
1: Well, this actually was a really well-done segment and set up the match quite well. Unfortunately, the match is going to be a disaster but the build was good. The next match, Evan Courageous versus Disco Inferno. Courageous speeds things up to start with some hip tosses and drop kicks. You can tell there's something here as the announcers actually have to stop prattling on about the main event to hype Evan. Of course, as they do that, Disco comes back with a vision of clothesline and atomic drops, followed by a middle rope forearm to the face for two. Two. A second attempt misses, though, and Evan comes back with some right hands and a power slam. Evan grabs a nice snap suplex, but Disco actually uses experience to hold the ropes to avoid a dropkick. The last dance is enough for the pin.
0: Well, that was actually entertaining while it lasted. It's so rare for a match like this to have some time put into it. Yeah, it's a basic story of Evan being full of fire, but Disco using experience to catch and try and one too many moves. Thanks to a match this short says a lot. So that time and time again, when you cut all the nonsense and overthinking of a match, you just let guys tell a story. It's going to be entertaining because most wrestlers on this level are talented enough to make this work.
1: Well, Tory thinks David should only have to defend the title when he feels like it, because he's already beaten everyone. Okay, then. And we get a video on David Flair's US title reign.
0: Wait, but Kiss are here in three weeks. More importantly, Nitro Girls! And then Sid says something in a whisper that I couldn't understand other than the word Goldberg.
1: And it is humorous. And Jerry Flynn versus Dean Malenko and Shane Douglas.
0: Well, the youth movement is officially dubbed the revolution. Dean tries a clover leaf in the first 10 seconds, but Morris makes a fast save. The revolution quickly clears the ring and stands tall. Well, not really, but you get the idea. Back in, and it's Morris gorilla pressing Shane, but I'm sure it's Ric Flair's fault somehow. Shane
1: escapes and drop kicks you down, Shane, so it's back to Malenko for a roll-up. Apparently, Dean isn't cool with Shane showing up and jumping into this group. With people who have put up with WCW's nonsense... So he tags him right back in. Hugh nails a clothesline but takes too long loading up no laughing matter allowing Shane to slam him down. A double tag brings in Malenko to hammer away on Flynn only to take another clothesline. Jimmy Hart gets involved by tripping Malenko to the mat before Flynn starts kicking.
0: With the gauntlet of all the standard facing peril spots from the sunset flip broken up by a tag. The referee not seeing a tag and the heels taking turns with a really basic move. Flynn misses his 495th kick of the match and Dean dies over to make the
1: hot tag to Douglas. Well, Shane cleans house with right hands and a power slam on Finn for two. Two. Everything breaks down and a Pittsburgh plunge is enough to pin Jerry.
0: Well, Malenko takes the hardcore trophy from Hart and says he's bringing this back to fit Finley where it belongs.
1: Speaking of the musical acts, is still coming in three weeks.
0: And then we get Goldberg's mega death video.
1: And then Nitro Girls.
0: And then in the bizarre segment, Rick Steiner comes out, throws Scott Hudson into the ring for a belly-to-belly suplex, and is taken out by security as we take
1: a break. We come back with Bischoff joining commentary as Hudson is taken into an ambulance. Great. Now we get another hour and a half of Bischoff.
0: Well, Bischoff immediately starts talking about how Saturn and the Revolution will be taking the company into the next generation. Unbooked Bagwell versus Piper in a boxing match a few weeks back and has given us Hogan versus Nash at Wild. while the Revolution doesn't actually have a match announced.
1: As if that wasn't enough, Henning comes out before the match and rips on Chad Brock for not being a real country singer. So the revolution can't f- get a feud, but a freaking country singer can.
0: Well, again, you can see why the company is about to die from here. Maybe Benoit and company should put out a record and get on the radio if they want a spot in the main event. Stop having good matches and turn faulty.
1: Anyway, Henning sends Duncan into fight and Saturn plants him with a Death Valley driver immediately. Saturn wants Henning in there right now because he isn't a real cowboy. Time for a replacement match. It is Saturn versus Kurt Henning.
0: Well, Saturn is all over him like the Hill wrestlers on an episode of Nitro, and quickly knocks him into the corner for some right hands to the face. Possibly too drunk to feel pain. Henning knocks him out of the corner. and Now is a quick snap. Next snap, knee lift. As Bishop talks about Henning in the WF for no apparent reason. A low blow puts Saturn back down. Just make them legal. I don't remember the last week that went by without one of least happening. But he rips Kurt's shirt off, back up, and Saturn now is a quick spin He'll... A spinning heel kick and a Death Valley driver, but Wyndham runs in for the DQ. Well,
1: this was just story development, as I'm assuming we're setting up the Rednecks versus the Revolution at Road Wild. That being said, it really wasn't the best match in the world, but again, that's due to the... I kind of wish they could have taken out Kendall Wyndham instead of Duncan, because Bobby actually has some potential rather than just a famous last name. But this went five minutes and didn't manage to bury any talent or push the first 20 rows to sleep. So, they're improving.
0: Well, the Rednecks are trying to tie Satin up, but the rest of the revolution come in for the save. Then we get a video of Benoit getting screwed at the US title last week. Our next match is Chris Benoit versus Diamond Dallas Page.
1: And all this over a Your Mama joke. They spare each other to start until Page nails him in the ribs and grabs a quick belly-to-back suplex. Benoit will not be out suplexed by anyone, so he slaps on the cross face, sending Page scurrying to the floor. Back in and Page now is a quick neck breaker, but the diamond cutter is stopped and Benoit grabs the snap suplex.
0: Well, remember a year and a half back when these two and Raven were team tearing up the mid-card over the US title? Well, now Benoit is still the same guy he was before and Page just went through the motions for months now, basically wasting all of his time built up as a top guy.
1: Well, anyway, Page elbows him in the face and hits that very nice helicopter bomb. That should be a finisher. It worked in No Mercy, so it works in real life. For two. Two. Another low blow keeps Benoit in trouble and the spine buster gets yet another two. Two. Page goes up top for the sole purpose of getting crutched and superplexed to put both guys down again. Benoit rolls some Germans, but say it with me. Page hits him low to escape. A rock bottom gets two for Page. Two. But Benoit plants in with a DDT. The swan dive connects as David Flair comes out only to get knocked off the apron.
0: Well, the distraction lets Page grab a roll-up, but Benoit reverses it into one of his own for the pin. This was a pretty good, hard-hitting match here, as Benoit gets a pin over a former world champion. Like I said, it's a far cry from the great US title matches on Thunder the previous year, but it's always good to see Benoit get something like this. It wasn't even that overbooked with the flare interference near the end. Now, if only Benoit needs to keep his momentum going, and of course it lasts all of eight seconds as Benoit eats two diamond cutters, plus one off the top, as the triad comes in. David talks Benoit with a belt. apparently continuing there, I'm not sure what to call it because a three-minute beat with a screw ending doesn't sound like much of a feud.
1: Well, here's Savage on his own to talk to Oakland. He's suspended his campaign for president. Oh, darn the luck. Because he has to hurt Hoke Hogan, Kevin Nash and Dennis Rodman. He wants Rodman out here right now, but gets the former Miss Madness instead. Mona begs to be back on his team again, so Savage shoves her down to her knees. Savage looks at her and says, No, James, not suck it. She's still fired.
0: Well, Q Rodman with the No Limit soldiers, and oh dear goodness, why are they mixing these stories? Rodman says George is now presu- uh, his, presumably because once you've gone black, you never go back. Rodman says once you go black, you never go back, so it's confirmed.
1: That is true, though.
0: Mona hits Savage live for the same offence he had back in '97, and the fans love it. As we go to a break,
1: why are these two feuding? And that's a serious question. One night Savage just started talking trash about Rodman, and now we're watching this mess every week. It has been my issue for months. Why isn't this any active WCW wrestler fighting Savage and getting this rub by association? It worked wonders for Paige last year, but now it's all about Dennis Rodman for the short-term celebrity moment. If nothing else, some young guy fight with Rodman. Also, who am I supposed to cheer for here? The kidnapper or the woman beater?
0: Well, next match is Vampiro versus Eddie Guerrero, and Vampiro has Raven and the Clowns with him. It's amusing hearing Heenan talk about the insane clown posse when he has clearly no idea who they are. and would love to rip on them, if not for Bischoff sitting next to him. Eddie stomps him into the corner start as Bischoff tries to apologise for the comments made in the previous segment. I will probably just apologise for the previous segment, but I'd rather not hear him talk about doing the right thing again. Close the ground side out, but Raven trips Eddie up to take over. Eddie is sent outside and knocks the cam man over as the clowns get some cheap shots. They whiff into the steps before Vampura and Eddie trade chokes back inside. Vampira gets arm jagged off the top and drop-kicks off the top rope, only shaggy. Eddie hits a great-looking dive to put them down again, but Raven shoves him off the top, setting up the nail in the coffin for the pin.
1: Good grief. Stop with the celebrities. We have Brock, Rodman and the clowns. All's KISS coming to perform in a few weeks. And we're getting two two separate videos so far tonight. They have such a huge roster, but insist on bringing those people to keep taking spots and going further and further into the hole against Raw. But hey, Bischoff is saying how great the revolution is, so that has to mean something, right? The clowns beat Eddie po- down post-match, but Mysterio comes out for the save.
0: Well, Berlin is coming. and a character. Alex, right.
1: Hogan comes out for commentary with Bischoff. Oh, this is going to hurt. And it is Sid and Rick Steiner versus Goldberg and Sting in the main event.
0: And we've just seen Goldberg and Sting make their entrances as they come running to the ring to attack uh, Sid and Rick. And this is your main event. And to be fair, it's good to see Goldberg back in the main event, isn't it? You know? It is, yes. <coughs> Even if it is in this as he takes Rick Steiner down. Sting with a drop kit taking Sid out.
1: And now the faces clear the ring as uh, Sid and Rick gather on the outside to kind of compose themselves a bit.
0: And we've seen this weird alliance recently with uh, Sid, Nash and Rick Steiner. Of course, Scott's kind of gone off the rails a little bit. But Sting and Golbo look at the fend for themselves. Of course, they've got a friend in Hogan at ringside.
1: Do you think there are any other colours in WWE than black and or white? Because <laughs> yeah. they're all dressed in either plain full black or black and white.
0: Yeah, I mean, Rick's got a little bit of red, but then again, the nitro sets that colour as well, so it don't really offset that. There's Goldberg with a huge clothesline there, sending Rick outside.
1: And it does look like Sid and Goldberg should be tag team partners, because they've got exactly the same black trunks.
0: And Sting, the president, is in serious trouble. And of course, like I say, we're building towards Nash versus Hogan for the world well title at the next pay-per-view.
1: Yay. And of course, we've got Hogan and Bischoff on commentary. Which is always great.
0: Well, this is a new Bischoff and Hogan. They're talking about... Look at the new generation. Look at these new guys getting a chance. People like Sid and Rick Steiner and Sting. I mean, you know, these guys don't really get a lot of chances,
1: do they? No, no, it is a shame. A complete shame. They're just young,
0: hungry guys ready to seize their chance.
1: So we've seen like a few mentions of, uh, of some of the guys. But what about Jericho? We haven't seen him around for a little while.
0: No, Jericho hasn't been around since he left and uh, we'll see when he makes an appearance. And now it's Sid in and all of a sudden the heels are in control. Now it's just Sid with a submission and knee to the back. But the fans are behind Sting. There's one thing they can still take.
1: Still excited to see these guys. And Sting managing to get out. As he sends Sid face first into the mat and he's just wouncing the back of his head off the ring mat. And I hate it because Goldberg and Rick are standing in the wrong corners. Well, Sid with a slam, that could be it. And Goldberg in to break up the pin attempt. Did it bug you? So they should be stood in the far left and the near right, but they're not. They're obviously opposite. No, yeah. I
0: don't really get me. I get more annoyed by the bad wrestling.
1: <laughs> well, there is that, yeah.
0: And now Rick Stein is in. He's got the same submission as Sid just had. And Sid cheated right in front of the referee. The referee then went over to Goldberg.
1: Obviously, what else would you do? So then the Hills can carry on cheap And
0: Goldberg just chomping a little bit to get in and so the fans just waiting for him.
1: So Rick and Scott Steiner got back together for Rick to team up with Sid. <laughs>
0: I know, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean is Sid an upgrade on Scott Steiner? I don't think he is. Don't get me wrong. Scott is
1: not the greatest, but wait a minute, Sting now. Oh, Sting looking for a running splash but Sid gets his knees up and uh just completely halts Sting's momentum. Sing, Sting really needs to get a better lot of face paint now because it always comes off every match.
0: Is that just how hard Rick and Sid are hitting him in the face, taking the paint off? I think mean, you're right. But then again, even with like Finn Balor now, doesn't last that long, does it? Do you know Jeff what I mean? Jeff Hardy's last quite well. Jeff, Yeah, Jeff.
1: And Finn's last better.
0: And he speaks to Jeff about it. Of course, Jeff and Sting have had uh, history in other companies before.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Do you think Jeff Hardy's worst moment of his Career possibly.
1: Absolutely yes, and also Rick Bischoff is involved in that as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh funnily enough. Sid misses a leg drop and sting just like that, Scorpion Deathlock But immediately Rick comes in to break it up and that brings Goldberg in in as well. And I think it's the referees trying to get Goldberg out. Oh yeah, look straight onto Goldberg
0: when Goldberg pushes Rick out the ring.
1: Even though Rick came in and Goldberg came in to even up the numbers.
0: Oh, now behind the referee's back, Rick Stein's got the chair.
1: But Hollywood Hogan's got out of his announce position and probably with the worst chair shot in history hits Rick and Sid on the head.
0: And it's a DQ finish. We didn't even see Goldberg in there properly. No. Hogan fighting Rick on the outside. What
1: a fucking...
0: Hogan wanted to do the right thing. And now Nash is out here as well. It's just in slow
1: motion. Oh, wait a minute. This won't be. And that was the start of Hogan's uh, hip problems. <laughs> Nash has just jackknifed
0: Goldberg through an outstanding. Well, that will learn you. Yeah? But uh, that's it for this episode of Nitro. I mean, again, DQ finishing the main event. I know he's bring us back to see what happens. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, next episode, August 9th. Uh, from the Idaho Centre in Boise, Idaho. And, of course, Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone are on commentary.
1: Well, we're at a milestone show here, and there's a pretty well-known main event. At the moment, we have the Battle of the Old Guys with the feuds ranging from Kevin Nash versus Hollywood Hogan, Rick Steiner versus Goldberg, and Sting versus Sid Vicious.
0: Well, that sounds like a reason to mix those guys up in a big match. Oh, and we have country music with Chad Brock. Yeah, I don't remember him either. This is also the go-home show for Road Wild. Let's get to it.
1: So we get a quick recap of the end of last week's show. Tony is back on commentary with no reason given for his absence. He does, however, have an announcement. Duff Rhodes is now head of the WCW Championship Committee. Wasn't he last seen as part of NWO?
0: Yeah, but you know what they're like. He he, he decided to change his ways. Uh, First match, Norman Smiley and Lash LaRue and Prince Ikea versus Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse.
1: Uh, Yay. Raven is in the corner and has officially named the team the Deadpool. Do they like chimichangas? You're supposed to laugh at that. Vampiro and Lash get things going with some chops back and forth. Tony is... Back to his old standard by randomly talking about Nash versus Hogan, obviously.
0: Jay drops to the... T- hurts his head with a headbutt to the Prince. At least he knows his stereotypes. They head outside with Vampiro throwing Ikea into the steps. Back in and Shaggy misses the guillotine leg drop. they a hot tag to Norman. Big old spinning slam drops Shaggy and everything breaks downs. The fans are actually way into this one. Vampiro suplex is lashed down and Jay adds a moonsault for the pin. We get Nitro Girls... And then the revolution is in the back with Dusty and asks him when things are going to change around here. Dusty says they're due in time but gets cut off by David Flair and Tori Wilson. Dusty is called an old man so Benoit slaps the cross face on David.
1: Apparently the way to make things change is through violence because that earned Benoit a US title shot. It's about time someone realised David and his dad have no authority anymore and they could get the US title off him in about 10 seconds.
0: Our next match is Kurt Henning and Barry Windham versus The Public Enemy.
1: The Rednecks have a new song called Good Old Boys, which is nowhere near as can. Tony starts talking about Chad Brock and actually gives us a reason for him to be here. He's to train at the power plant and actually was in an eight man tag on Saturday night back in '96. That doesn't make me want to see him, but Dose Duby really never cared what fans thought. Henning throws Rocco around the ring to start, but eats a boot in the corner.
0: Well, off the Grunge, he has the same luck as Henning when Windham blasts him with a lariat. Kendall actually does something by tripping up Grunge to keep the rednecks in control. We hear about Brock even more as Johnny and Kurt double-closing on each other. It's a double-tag as Papa Kennedy takes over the usual brawling. For a flipper dive, puts Barry through the table. Not let Matt as low as Kurt nows Grunge with a cowbell for the pin.
1: The rednecks seem to be in decline as there isn't much for them to do anymore. If the best they can come up with is having Kurt feud with a country singer coming in to perform, they need to just disband the team now or let Henning and Wyndham be a regular tag team. It was a fun idea while it lasted, but now there's nothing for the team to do right now.
0: Jeannie well, versus Mona. Tony tries to tell us how easy it is to order a WCW pay-per-you. This is sounding more and more desperate every week. Genie never did anything that I can find. Apparently, Mona was a powerlifter in her younger days, which isn't something you would expect to have someone her size. They hit the mat to start and trace some hammerlocks and arm bars. Jeannie isn't half bad. Nope, she's all bad. And takes a decent monkey flip to send her to the outside.
1: The match stalls for a bit as they trade places, only to have Jeannie choke choke a bit on the way back in. Mona gets two Two. off a sunset flip, and the fans give her a good reaction. Granted, it likely has something to do with the short skirt flipping over, but a pop is better than nothing. Back up and a drop kick to the head sends Jeannie into the corner for a sweet ending. Mona puts on an Indian death lock but grabs Jeannie's shoulders and her over, bridging her legs in the air for the pin.
0: Well, shockingly good match here, and I'm surprised Jeannie never did anything else. She needed some work, but with more experience and some polish, she could have been something decent. Mona, of course, would have had success in the near future of this match. This was a big, nice surprise.
1: Well, Brandy Alexander, a chick that Mona beat up before, comes in but takes a clothesline from Mona.
0: And then we get a video on Hogan versus Nash. <coughs>
1: Hogan is in the back when his son Nick comes in. Hogan is in the NWO gear and Nick wants to know why his dad didn't wear the red and yellow that Nick packed for him. We hear a noise though and Hulk runs out of the room only to get laid out by Nash, Sid and Steiner. They beat him out to the ring but Sting and Goldberg make a quick save.
0: This is apparently enough for Hogan to put his career on the line on Saturday and makes the challenge for a six-man tag. Nash says it's on but Sting wants Nash's career on the line too.
1: That's cool as well, but Goldberg tops them all. He says Steiner doesn't have anything to put on the line at Road Wilds, so we just have to beat Steiner up. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there any
0: question why the Totals retired soon after this? I mean, good grief. It's one thing when is champion, but to flat out say the belt is worthless. The worst part, you know, Goldberg never got any flat, flat backstage. Why would he anyway? The Totals has been dying a brutal death since Steiner became champion and just brutalised everyone. He's fought in meaningless matches.
1: The belt could be used for people like Revolution, Booker T, Bagwell, even Disco Inferno or Cat. But instead it's being held by a guy no one cares about while Goldberg says the belt doesn't matter. Stupid decisions like this are among the biggest reasons WCW went under. They don't care about anyone but the old guys and they think people care about guys like Rick Steiner because he was a big deal nine years ago. I really can't get over that stupid line. I agree, Goldberg is above the TV title, but did he have to point out that it's worthless in general?
0: Well, up next is the US title match, and it's David Flair versus Chris Benoit, and we saw how Benoit got this match earlier by putting a crossface on David, which, you know, gets you a title shot now, which is good to know. I mean, Benoit would have many title shots. Or it gets you a bad name. Yeah, I mean, one or the other, you know. And here comes David Flair, and possibly one of the greatest US champions of all time. Just like his uh, old man styling and is profiling. Is
1: David Flair or Charles Robinson?
0: That is David Flair. I mean, you wouldn't know with a free, but Tory Wilson coming out as well with David Flair. My word. This should be an interesting match. David looks happy to be out here. Oh, look who's the referee. We speak about Charles Robinson. And he is the referee for this match. Isn't that a shock? Hang on a minute. And Now Nick Patrick coming out here, the senior official.
1: And he sent Charles Robinson to the back saying, look, you're not impartial enough, mate. Get out of here. And they're both trying to say, look, on the referee.
0: David. Well, David, you're a total Yeah. Could be on the light. It could be in serious trouble. And Nick Patrick not backing down. Charles Robinson saying to David, you've got this without me. You've got this. He's only, he's only immortal, Benoit. And Dusty Rose being put in charge. And he's stamping his authority here. So let's see how David does in a fair one-on-one match. You've got to think Ric Flair's not going to be happy with Charles. <coughs> oh, Benoit with a huge slap to David. Well, That'll learn him, and I don't think David wants anything. But, do you know, if I was Flair right now, I would just go up the entryway, just get the hell out of harm's way. And I think that's exactly what he's doing.
1: But is Benoit going to let it go like that? I mean, uh, he's going to win, keep the title by count-out. Well, Nick Patrick holding Benoit back. Who'd have thought, though, 20 years ago, you'd think, yeah, David Flair could be a really big name in WWE. But, yeah, it's his sister that's the big name. And and he's
0: nothing. Well, it just shows they gave David too much too soon. I mean, he's only a year into wrestling. But he's been called by the revolution. And And Saturn and Malenko throw
1: David Flair back in the ring. And that's got to affect David Flair now thinking he's got no one on his side. He's begging off Benoit because he sees a pissed-off Wolverine in front of him. And he's trying to do what his dad does, which it doesn't work. At least Charlotte kind of has her own style of things, apart from the figure-eight leg lock, of course. But when you're
0: the son of, one of the great, probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, the, the thing that helped Charlotte the most was the fact she was a woman and he could differentiate between two. Like I said, if you if you if you your dad's a legend or dad's like a rest of the life, that's why Randy Orton succeeded, so it was only Bob Orton. And when it's someone like Ric Flair, you'd have so much to deal with and W were like, Oh no, let's just stick David right in. You know, the US champion held by like people like Harley Race, you know, and Sting and the guys that had probably deserved it, twenty years ago nineteen ninety nine were given to a guy and said, Oh, this is just a funny storyline. Who is the current US champion? Yeah, he just saw it. I mean who could forget that? <laughs> you Danny, did. Well, David now... Like I said, even hell with people like AJ
1: Styles and Ricochet in 20... But I think even um, Charles Robinson done a better Ric Flair than David does of his own dad. (laughs) But this is the thing, is that he is trying to do
0: exactly what Ric Flair does. Except for doing maybe a little bit of his own style. And now Benoit is in complete control, just chopping David Flair. He's just like a lion playing with his food. (laughs) And a huge snap suplex... And Benoit is all over this one. I don't think Benoit's broken sweat yet. I think he's going to break David, though. <laughs> he's just standing over slap slapping the face.
1: And, uh, I've heard some people in the back this time saying, the revolution is a mystery. <laughs> well,
0: that is true, but they're looking on. And Benoit picks a huge up... Huge
1: backbreaker.
0: Picks up David with ease.
1: What's that? Bottom right.
0: Shane Douglas.
1: Looks like Benoit.
0: Shane Douglas was... I quite like Shane Douglas, but... <laughs> He went to East W and basically destroyed himself. Oh, that's Shane Douglas. So he yeah. came into WSW and, like I say, he hated Ric Flair. He blamed Ric Flair for keeping it down in WSW when he was there. And he hated uh, the click and he's blacklisted from WB because of his problems with Shawn Michaels and stuff. So he's he's one of these guys that, you know, wasn't very well liked. And it's Tory looking on. If anything is going to give you motivation, it's going to be staring over at Tory.
1: So let me just have a look round. Everyone in this match is either dead or retired or not wrestling. And Tory was probably the only one who had the last match out of yeah. all of these.
0: But it's weird because, yeah, most of them, though, went over to. When you think about the impact Benoit, Malenko, and Saturn would have over in WWE as well, you think this is the kind of talent that was. This is the kind of storylines they're messing around with, you know, rather than going yeah. for like the, the, the guys at the main
1: event, they're going for this. But Benoit now is going to go for the diamond headbutt, hits it. We've got some interference coming down, but the Revolution kind of uh, shut them off, and Benoit actually wins and gets the title. So Benoit's the new US
0: champ, and I don't know if Page was a little bit too slow where he is, but he's in the ring now, and Benoit wins the title, but then is flattened by DDP, and the jersey triad, but the Revolution fights them off. <clears throat> and the young guys are standing tall in the ring... And Benoit is the new US champion, so at least something good has happened from here. Dan, what are
1: your thoughts on all this? Um, It is good to see something happening that should be happening, even though uh, Tory and David Flair are both walking off with the title, but hopefully that changes.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, Benoit is officially your new US champion, and it's a good moment for the young guys, hopefully can build on this momentum. All night try girls. And then here's Savage to a reel who's going to guard George on Saturday, who also drove the Hummer. Gene introduces George as being with him, but Savage is alone. After a quick president plug, he promises to kill Rodman on Saturday. Gene gets to the point of asking about the Hummer driver, and Savage ignores him. One more line about Saturday, and we're done. As I ask myself every week, why do I even bother watching Thunder if they're going to tease stuff like this and they never follow up?
1: Well, it is Chris Adams and Dave Taylor versus Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr. Now, I don't know about you, but this actually sounds like quite a tasty match.
0: Well, it's Eddie and Taylor to get things going, but first they have to see who the fans are behind. The stalling continues. It's been near two minutes into the match with barely any contact. Taylor actually snaps off a head scissors and a dropkick to send Eddie to the floor. Drawing some solid booing, you would have thought Eddie would start the way, but instead the head scissors takes Taylor down and then he takes over.
1: Or off to Ray who is in an orange prison uniform because in the 90s that was considered cool. Adams runs him over with a shoulder and power slam and a power slam gets two. Two. He misses a top rope splash though and Ray hits a lion's soul on the same night that Chris Jericho was debuting on Monday Night Raw but don't listen to that because it's a spoiler. Adams pops back up with that sweet super kick of his for two, two. before catapulting him into the wrong corner.
0: Well, Dave finally... Charges into a boot in the corner she just rolls out for the hot tag to Eddie. Everything breaks down and Eddie dives through the ropes to take out Taylor. Adams is all alone setting up Mysterio top rope hurricane runner followed by the fog splash for the pin.
1: Now what is it with this, what is with this show tonight? They've been nailing the wrestling all night with everyone clicking in the ring. Mysterio and Guerrero being a good tag team isn't a surprise given how much they've worked together in the past. Adams and Taylor were fine in this role as two guys that can work well with anyone. And if this was Tro was like until a big main event, I'd have far fewer complaints.
0: Well, speaking of complaints, Q, the Deadpool to jump Mysterio and Guerrero, only to have Kidman make the save. It's a six-man on Saturday, it seems.
1: Well, Gene brings out the rednecks who imply they were with the Dixie Chicks and Shania Twain last night. Apparently, they were scheduled to perform good old boys live, but Chad Brock has replaced them. Seriously, this is the best thing they can come up with. Ignore the fact that fans booed when Brock's name in general, but cheered when Henning promised to beat him up. Why do I don't have a feeling this was translated as C? The fans responded to his name. More celebrities!
0: Up next, it's Kidman versus the Disco Inferno, and over halfway through the show, Tony sends out his well wishes to Scott Hudson. Gee, that's nice of him. Did we ever get a reason why Tony was gone in the first place? Kidman starts fast with a drop kick and a slingshot head scissors, potentially causing lethal hair damage. Disco pops back and throws him over the top
1: rope for grabbing a Russian leg sweep back in. Well, Kidman ducks his head through, though, and eats the awesome jumping pile driver. I know he was a comedy guy, but he always had one of the best pile drivers I've ever seen. It's only good for two, though. Two. So in another recurring theme tonight, he tries it again, only to have Kidman faceplant him. The shooting start is ready, but Vampiro runs in for the DQ. Well,
0: Disco looked great here and continues to be one of the most underrated WWE guys in the ring. Vampiro coming out, makes sense, and keeps setting up their match on Saturday, though they could have spaced the matches out better on the card. But having them back-to-back, it runs the risk for overloading people on one feud, and you know there's a big crowd to see wrestling clowns.
1: Vampiro plants Kidman with a super nail in the coffin. I'm not a Vampiro fan, but that looked great. Especially Kidman's head flying up after the impact and falling back onto the mat. Disco actually tries to make the save, but eats a super kick, drawing out Eddie and Ray for the real save. Disco offers Ray a handshake, but Ray is a hugger, sending Disco running. If a small man in a prison uniform tried to hug me, I'd be a bit nervous too. We
0: will announced this chat about Saturday's main event.
1: And it is Scott Norton versus Buff Bagwell.
0: Well, Vicious runs Delicious over the start and shoals him to the floor. Clothesline misses though and Buff hits some drop clicks, Clearly inspired by his match with Riggs on Thursday to knock Norton outside. Back in and Bagwell actually uses a dragon sh- screw leg whip.
1: Well, there's some psychology at least. Well, Norton shrugs it off though and hits shoulder out as we see Cat putting on the red shoes up on the ramp. Bagwell fights out of a neck crank and a cross body actually works. Cue cat to distract the referee, so Ono can nail Bagwell with the briefcase, giving Norton two. Two. Well, that's enough to make Miller call his mama or come into the ring for a DQ. Ignore the, actual, the lack of actual contact, of course.
0: Well, the good match streak had to die somewhere. This is about as bad as you really expected. This Bagwell just isn't there in the ring. Makes sense that he was great as a tag guy because he can talk well enough to get on people's nerves and then hit the blockbuster for a good-looking
1: finish. Speaking of the blockbuster, Ono takes one as Norton chases Cat to the back.
0: Well, now for the real main event in uh, in the country, except where the Rosemont Horizon was called at this point, because they're smart enough not to have this nonsense over in that company. Here's a singer that doesn't even get an introduction. Yeah, we come back from a break... And the song is starting. You know those musical acts that said to not need an introduction anywhere in the world, but for some reason introduced anyway? As in like Elvis, The Rolling Stones, Bruce Sting, etc. Well, apparently Chad Brock is important enough not to have actually be introduced
1: whatsoever. Don't you remember Chad Brock's big hit smash? <laughs> what was his big hit? I don't know. No, I don't, I don't. Well, he sings. People don't care. Henning comes out and jaws with him. The Rednecks and the Revolution come in for a stare down, and I'll never get those seven minutes of my
0: And if that's not enough, KISS are coming in two weeks.
1: Well, Nitro Girls, they haven't been around as much lately. You know who has been, though? Who? Chad fucking Brock. Oh, fair enough.
0: Then we get Canyon versus Booker T. For history's sakes, the Millennium Clock ended right about now. And all respective partners are out there with them. It's Booker in control to start with a back elbow to knock Canyon to the floor. So, Stevie can get some cheap shots of his own. He doesn't have this on yet.
1: Well, back in, Canyon extinguishes half of the heat with a knee to the ribs. And then we hit the chin lock. Booker fights up with the usual. They're clearly fine through this. The barrage of kicks sets up the 110th Street Slam. But Canyon pulls the referee in front of a clothesline. The rest of the triad stops Stevie, allowing Canyon to nail Booker with the belt. Setting up the flatliner for the pin.
0: Well this match went so fast that only so much they could do out there. I let you make your own complaint about Brock taking up the little more in another way to set up the tag team title match on Saturday, which is about all you can do for a match like that. I've seen worse though.
1: Well here's Rodman to Voodoo Child, so maybe we'll find out who was driving the Hummer here. Rodman says that this Saturday George is gonna learn that she's his beep. You mean the woman that Rodman, in theory, the face in this feud, as in the guy that has kidnapped George and attacked from behind kidnapped and may have raped. Turns out And Rodman, your hero and mine, runs away in fear.
0: But now we get the main event. It's Sting, Goldberg and Hollywood Hogan versus Rick Steiner, Sid Vicious and Kevin Nash. Nash's team comes out to the Wolfpack theme, but Nash has a black and white logo on his shirt. I am so confused. Remember that if Nash's team loses, his career's online Saturday. Goldberg comes out to crush him, which I like, but it doesn't have the same impact as his old music.
1: Well, now we get the big famous moment here, though, as Hogan returns to the red and yellow for the first time in over three years. Tony loses his mind, as you would expect him to. To their credit, the fans go nuts in one of the final legitimate shows of emotion you'll ever find in WCW.
0: So here we go, then. We're just waiting for Hogan to come out. And as we've known Hollywood Hogan these past few years...
1: Just go... Myself, really Wait a
0: minute. That's not, that's not Hogan's theme. I don't mind Rick Derringer's Hogan song. I mean, that is classic.
1: It is WCW's version of Real American. Yeah, but Jimmy Hart didn't do a bad job because this is still quite a catchy tune. And he is out in the red and yellow. Oh, my God. And he's not even got the black beard either.
0: (laughs) Proper Hogan tash. Look at that. The shirt ripped the fireworks off in
1: the background. Like This is what the fans (laughs) want and need. This is going to change everything, brother. WCW are going to be back on top, <laughs> brother. I mean, we could be watching Jericho drawing off with The Rock. I mean, two of probably the greatest talkers in the WWF ever. But, no.
0: But the fans are going banana. Credit to them.
1: Oh, yeah. I suppose this is a... Mo- yeah, we've seen fucking that Brock melt. So, you know. So is he Hulk Hogan or is he Hollywood Hogan or is he just Hogan?
0: I think it might be the old Hulk Hogan is back. Born and raised in the US of A. Was he? He's got the right running through his veins. And finally, after like, what has it been? Nearly two months after Nash and Sid attacked Goldberg and Hogan, we're finally going to see a six-man tag team match.
1: On Nitro.
0: On Nitro. And, and the, the
1: Hills have come out with no music.
0: No, they did. I skipped the entrance.
1: Oh, right. And the Hills have come out here and no business. And the fans are actually so happy to see Hulk Hogan. I
0: mean, why didn't they just do a Hogan versus Goldberg match? That would have made money at least, wouldn't it? You know, like, give us what we want. No, it's Hogan's, yeah. no. Hogan now putting at Nash, and of course he faced him on Saturday for the heavyweight championship. I mean, that's just what the young guys
1: need. Well,
0: look at these young guys in these matches, Dan. look, I mean, look at this main event here.
1: Who is actually the youngest?
0: Goldberg. Goldberg, country mile, yeah. And then maybe Sting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who is in his 70s at this moment. <laughs>
0: but Hogan with his shoulder block. He means business, bro. All right. And the power of Hulk Hogan.
1: Compels you. The power of Hulk Hogan is being reduced to one knee by Rick Steiner and his headlock. Hogan out of it. Big boot. It is actually nice because everyone else in this match is actually wearing like mainly black. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yellow trunks, yellow boots and Red knee pads. I mean, it is
0: true. The the colours weren't all there, really. You know, if you think about... Even in WRF, it was kind of more cool to have kind of black themed and stuff like this. I mean, they're kind of brightly colours. They've come back recently, you know, and I, I'd like to think the New Day have kind of helped that out. But, like I said, it is good to see Goldberg... Uh, Hogan, even, who sticks out like a sore thumb.
1: Who's winding up and hits Rick in the head with a huge right. Sid and Nash who try and make their way into this match. He doesn't need Goldberg or Sting. He can take all three men on. And a meeting of the minds for Nash and Steiner. And now Nash and Sid get a meeting of the minds too, but Sid's is empty. As Hogan's got Nash in the corner just with a huge right hands. Ten rights and Nash is punch drunk. And then a huge right hand just sending Nash down into Sid. And Hogan can win this on his own. Well, the immortal Hulk Hogan... He's actually looking like he's getting better booked than Goldberg would in this match. And Nash looking on, trying to get his troops to come back. So who's going to run out for this uh, disqualification then? <laughs> Everybody. They're just are to... like, who can stop Hogan? The roster. I'll still put my money on Hogan. And Hogan is
0: fired up.
1: Will you know something. Hogan asked the fans if they want Goldberg in, and they all say, a resum- Yes. So he asked some more fans. Just to be sure, because I think Hogan is hard of hearing. Finally, tags in Bill Goldberg. Now, what can this man do? To uh, ooh. What, Palace? palace. Yeah. Fuck it.
0: Oh, Goldberg in, but Nash will not back down for Goldberg. But
1: Goldberg there. Well, what?
0: Did he hit? Expect-
1: Nash un- on Goldberg. Irish whip. Goldberg ducks under the clothesline. Hits a huge flying shoulder block. The ex-NFL linebacker for an Lf- NFL team. And the
0: Falcons, as Goldberg now easily picks up Nash, throws him across the ring, but Rick Steinman to
1: break it up. The fans haven't sat down once in this match. It's bringing in to have a go at the referee, only for the referee to tell Hogan to get out.
0: You know, the WSB officials are the worst in the entire history of wrestling, and that allows Sid to get in and to slowly strike on Goldberg.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot how slow Sid is. But it had no effect that time. And Goldberg's bleeding from the back of his head from that shovel shot last week. Who easily picks up uh, Sid and slams him down. And Goldberg is manhandling a man who's nearly 7 foot 300 pounds as he tags in Sting. Sting and Sid go face to face. Sting with an Irish whip. Sid reverses it. Looks for a shoulder block but Sting moves out of the way. And Sid nearly topples himself over the ring ropes but manages to pull on her as Sting comes running in for a splash. Hogan's loving what he sees, jogging up and down on the outside as Nash tries to make his way in but gets cut off by Sting who lifts the top rope into the crutch. Sting goes up top. Well, can he keep his balance? He can. Looking to splash Sid and Sid gets his knees up again. Isn't this deja vu what happened last week when Sting was looking for a running splash?
0: Exactly what happened there and then Sid put in a really boring submission. Thank God it's not going to happen this time.
1: No, he just tags in Nash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's worse actually. A boring submission or Nash, who's going to obviously sidewalk slam and then backsting up into the corner, do his little fucking square thing and then hit a big knee and elbow
0: and splash. And And then eventually jackknife. And if he means business, the straps will come down.
1: Indeed, yes. But only if he means business. But, I mean, to have a tag team partners
0: in Goldberg and Hogan, are not too bad to look over and think, if I can get there, I might just have a chance. I think I'd be right if Goldberg and Hogan were my tag team partners.
1: Depends who I was going against.
0: Well, then again, I'd fight Ben Y if it meant I could go home with Tory Wilson. So, I mean, these are the couple of things that happen. Absolutely, yeah. As Nash now picks up Sting. And the St- turnbuckle's unprotected. Referee saying you're not allowed to. Sting with the backslide. Oh, I can smell a ref bump coming. Oh. That is probably the worst ref bump
1: ever. And why is the ref holding his ribs? It was nowhere near his ribs. Sting looking for a stinger splash on Nash in the corner. In the unprotected corner. Comes out for a second. Hits it. Irish whip to the opposite corner. Another Stinger splash.
0: Oh, I can see someone with a chair coming in.
1: Oh, and... Rick Steiner. Hits Sting across the back once and then gets hit with a spear. And then Sid with a chair shot to the back of Goldberg. But Hogan stops him and hits one of his own. And Nash gets a chair across the back from Hogan. Sting puts in the Scorpion Deathlock as Hogan stands guard with the chair. Ref comes running down in completely the wrong position to see if Nash wants to quit. <laughs> and Nash is not moving. A ref calls for the bell, and this is it. Sting, Hogan, and Goldberg have won. My God, and a match that actually didn't
0: end in disqualification. Even though there was a few chair shots hit. And a ref bump as well. But for what WWE did, the right guys won, and the fans are actually happy about
1: this. Yes, they're throwing stuff in the ring in delight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, do you know what I mean? But they're cheering. uh, We haven't seen a Nitro crowd. They've had to sit through Chad Brock, and now they've seen Hulk Hogan return. And do you know what? It wasn't too bad.
1: It wasn't, no. It was good building up towards, obviously, the pay-per-view that is happening.
0: And speaking of the pay-per-view, that is the next show, and let's move on to that now. And it is WWE Road Wild, 1999, August 14th. And it's from Sturgis for 5550 Well, we're a bit over seven months removed from the infamous finger poker doom. Yet, here's WWE running Hogan vs. Nash as a pay-per-view main event. Yikes. This would be the third and final
1: Road Wild pay-per-view. The opening video package focused on Hogan and Nash. And, and now Hogan has cleaned up his act. Commentary consisted of Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan and Mike Tenet. Tanae and Schiavone wore, that out, wore their worst denim outfits. They wasted about five minutes talking about the card. Typical WCW. Well,
0: Eddie Guerrero, Kidman and WCW Cruiserweight champion Ramisio Jr. versus the Insane Cloud Posse and Vampiro with Raven to start.
1: Commentary hyped up Vampiro's team as Deadpool. Ray couldn't even be bothered to bring the title with him. Raven looked annoyed. crowd revving their engines instead of cheering. A big brawl started this before things eventually calmed down. Eddie Guerrero was wildly over, and you've got to take the beating in the heat segment.
0: Well, the hills opted for the cheapest possible stuff, simply pointing the referee away from their underhanded tactics. Eddie finally made a hot tag to the cruiserweight champ, and masked Ray Shitty. He went from the 619 before it was famous, but was pulled out and thrown to the steps by Raven. Today, he spent the whole match putting over how much insane clown posse loves wrestling. After that, Ray still steps by segment. Ray busted out the RVD split leg of Moonsight and made a hot tag to Kidman.
1: Everyone got involved with the Hills getting sent packing. Vampiro accidentally hit Shaggy too dope, leaving him open for Kidman to win with the Shooting Star Press in 12-22. Though it went on too long, it was better than I expected. There was no need for two Heat segments, which neither was particularly interesting. The cruiseweight team tried and made sure this didn't suck.
0: Well, up next, WWE World Tag Team Championship, the Jersey Triad Champions versus Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat just reformed for this match. The triad was represented by Canyon and Bigelow. Canyon cut a promo on the crowd beforehand, but it was nothing special. Like the openers began with a brawl. They badly botched the spot where Bigelow was to get whipped into Harlem's sidekick. Commentary put over how Harlem Heat will have rust and their past issues. Heenan said, Emotionally weans don't heal, just ask my seventh wife.
1: From there, the match moved at a crawl like they were killing time. The crowd was into it, revving up for Stevie Ray after what seemed like forever. The fight moved outside. In the end, DDP showed up only to get knocked off the apron. Booker hit Bigelow with a missile dropkick and Steve covered to give the brothers their eighth title at 13 minutes, six seconds. This felt closer to 33 minutes. It went too long and was boring.
0: Next match, Revolution versus the West Texas Rednecks. The Revolution were represented by Shane Douglas, Pro Saturn, and Dean Malenko, while the West Testers' Reckon next were Kurt Henning, Bobby Duncan Jr., and Baywid. Booking three straight tags to open the show isn't the best idea. Henning got points from me for doing the gum swat, followed by some back and forth to begin with. Saturn took a short heat segment before bursting out of German and tagging Malenko. Once Shane came in, things went downhill for Team Revolution.
1: His heat segment lasted longer after he made the tag. Things broke down into a brawl. Malenko applied the Texas Cloverleaf, but Kendall jumped in and hit him with the cowbell. He was chased out by Shane while sat and planted Duncan with a Death Valley driver to win at 10.57. The shortest tag and the best so far. Nothing to write home about, but the WTR used veteran antics to get the heat, while Saturn and Malenko put in a quality effort.
0: The next match, Buff Bagwell versus Ernest Miller with Sonny Ono. This feud apparently stemmed from Ernest claiming to be the best dancer, but Buff said that he didn't have the stuff. Miller tried cutting a pre-match promo, but was drowned out by the revved engines. That happened despite Miller wearing a skull cap, leather, and Confederate flag gloves to suck up. They stalled a lot. The pattern was Buff offence stalling. Miller doing a choke or something dirty. Wash, rinse, repeat.
1: At one point, Miller hit a low blow right in front of the referee's face, so the referee acted like he was looking slightly off to the side outside. It ended in cheap fashion when Miller accidentally ran into Sonny's briefcase and Buff rolled him up at 7.24. The comedy stuff didn't really click and the wrestling certainly didn't either.
0: Well, post-match, Miller took out Buff and Ono posed
1: over him. And the next match is a WCW United States champion, no disqualifications match. Chris Benoit, who's a champion versus DDP.
0: Well, this had the most potential of any match of the show. Shivani said DDP was turned to the site of one of his greatest matches, and he's hilariously referring to the Jay Leno tag a year earlier. DDP says some bad remarks about Benoit's mum, so this was personal. They brawled around inside, ringside before DDP took control inside. Some of DDP's offence looked great, like a spine buster, but the obligatory rest holes were disappointing. DDP trapped him in the tree of Joey Lawrence to continue the beating. He beat out referee Charles Robinson so he
1: could take his belt and whip Benoit. While this was happening, commentary just continued to discuss Hogan. DDP used the belt to hang Benoit, which in hindsight isn't a great thing to see.
0: Well, <laughs> Benoit got free and started in with a German suplexes. Canyon ran in, but DDP was whipped into him and knocked off the apron. Bigelow showed up and splashed Benoit, all while the rest of the revolution was shown watching on a monitor. Benoit fought three of a triple team and hit the diamond headbutt on DDP to retain team. This is a good match and easy, the best on the show so far. A few too many dead spots at points, but did he be made up for it a bit with his mannerisms.
1: And it is Sid versus Sting for our next match. And Sting was going by the Millennium Man at this time. Sting started... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> and it is Sid versus Sting. Sid was going by the Millennium Man at this time. Sting started hot with an early Stinger splash, taking the fight to the outside. They brawled in the front row and spotted a woman with a goatee. The brain was the goat.
0: The fun portion of the match died once they went inside and Sid took over. With Sid on offense, Sting was taken to chin-knock, silly bitch. Sting finally knocked him over with a shoulder block and then caught him with a slam off the top. Sid's not Rick Flair, so him going up top for that move just seemed dumb. If you have a rare real offense in your appetite, just make sure it look super stupid. Sting's momentum was stalled, believe either botched something or Sid tripped him.
1: I couldn't tell. Sting hit a superplex. That Sid sold by walking over to the opposite corner to set up the next spot. Awful. The Stinger splash connected twice, but Sid caught the third to end this with a chokeslam at 10.40. That was a solid finish, but most of the match was plodding and boring. Sid's offense sucked. Some of the spots looked rough, and Sting wasn't at his best.
0: Up next, it's Goldberg versus Rick Steiner and thankfully WWE Network dubbed the gold. but had the ball to say that this had the makings of a classic maybe if it was night night Two, Rick Steiner they got to a fast stop but Rick took to the stalling things to slow things down once back in Rick wisely removed Goldberg's knee brace and beat him with it right in front of the referee some consistent would be nice so only attempted to cover it by saying Goldberg's brace was legal because he wore it to the ring and it's not a foreign object we continue pound him until Gobbo powered up, he hit the power slam spear and then the jackhammer to end it at five thirty nine.
1: If they'd have just gone towards that would have worked. Instead they made the referee look like a twat with the brace stuff and had Rick do a bunch of boring shit until the Superman finish. They should never have taken a title off him if all he was gonna do was gonna go back to similar matches from before he won it.
0: Uh, next, Dennis Rodman versus Randy Savage. Rodman showed up in a geisha robe that he didn't said he was a hotel shower curtain. His pre-match promo was rough. Like earlier matches, they balled outside before taking things back in. Rodman being in control, he looked bad. back.
1: Shouldn't Savage do better? To his credit, Rodman did execute a solid Russian leg sweep. The ref got in Rodman's face, so he was taken out. I guess this is an ODQ. Though an announcement wasn't made. The second ref didn't stop their actions... But he and a third official were knocked out. The fight moved to the aisle and towards the stage.
0: Savage locked Rodman in a porter potty and tilted over in a spot that Comptey seemed to think was awesome. Back in the ring, a fourth ref bump happened and Gorgeous George, who Rodman had been trying to get with, showed up. She handed Savage a chain which he bashed Rodman with and got the win at 11.30. That was garbage. A whole lot of nothing that lasted too long. Rodman tried, so there's that. Too much smoke and mirrors and way past his prime Savage didn't help.
1: And it is the WCW World Heavyweight Championship career versus career match. Hogan, who's a champion, versus Kevin Nash.
0: Well, you want to know about 1999 WCW in a nutshell? Nash lost the title to Hill Savage at the previous paper in July. Savage lost it to Hill Hogan a night later, who then turned face and Nash went Hill. Hogan also brought back the red and the yellow. What? Anyway, a lot of typical Hogan stuff in this one, as if he was hopped in the time machine back to 1986.
1: Shoving, posing, test of strength, etc. You know the drill. Nash didn't do much, but made sure to stand around and still in between his moves. Nash, fine knife, and Hogan kicked out. Uh He's hulking up. The big leg drop connected, and that was all at 12-16. That was absolutely 1980s Hogan-style main event. Back then, it was fine in 99 when WWF was kicking your ass, and you needed to do something fresh. It's putrid, slow, boring, and that's exactly what you didn't need for a main event at this time.
0: Yeah, so Road Wild didn't really click, but could they recover? August 16th, 1999, we're in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and with 7,218 people hope, along with us, that it will be a good show. And, of course, Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan on commentary.
1: Well, Road Wild has come and gone, and thank fuck for that. It was three hours of bad wrestling with nothing happening and a bunch of celebrities not making enough of a splash to validate taking spots from other guys. We're heading towards full brawl now and I can't imagine that show being any worse than Road Wild. <laughs> right. Somehow I have a feeling I'll be supp- So let's get to it.
0: Well, Tony is immediately praising Hogan for his glorious win Saturday. He also, frozen that Sid is now 55-0 since returning. I guess the idea of parading Goldberg's streak going so high, so fast, because why wouldn't they mock something they came up with and got ever so strong? Sid gets a world title shot tonight.
1: We get steals of Sid beating Sting at the pay-per-view, leading into this match.
0: And then a first match: Juventud Guerrero versus Lash LaRue.
1: Well, they trade crowd reactions to start. Most of them know who LaRue is. Feeling out process to start, with Lash dropping down into the splits and nailing UV with a clothesline. line. As thrilling as this is, the announcers mention that we're getting Rick Steiner versus Brian Knobs for the TV title tonight.
0: Well, there are no words. Anyway, Yuvi loads up a hurricane roller but gets counted into a nice power bomb, which is counted into a pinfall reversal sequence. I won't bother telling you who gets the last near fall as Sid comes into chokeslam Hoovy and powerbomb Lash twice.
1: Sid wants a double cheeseburger with onions. Or maybe Goldberg. You can never tell with his interviews.
0: Our next match is Steve Regal versus Scotty Riggs.
1: Regal knocks him back with a European uppercut. Upper what? Riggs knees him into the corner. Sid comes down for the usual power moves for the no contest.
0: And then we get Hogan versus Nash video.
1: And then it is Mike Enos versus The Cat with probably a special interference from sid
0: well miller guarantees victory in less than four minutes i see no computer or terry to say that's correct so, instead of running the way to prove cat wrong enos goes right after him with a clothesline a very nice power slam despite being a hill we he asked if the fans want to see him punch in the face allowing cat to nail him in the
1: throat now i know this might shock you but cat fires off a bunch of kicks and enos comes back with a series of generic power moves including a clothesline and press slam Sonny offers a distraction, and Miller hits a big kick for the pin at 3.39.
0: And then we get Sid running the cat match. That's their big way to make us care about the mess at Road Wild.
1: Also, no Bagwell for his revenge after Miller attacked him after their match on Saturday. I do, however, like Enos as a power guy who does a simple job but does it well. He isn't going anywhere, of course, but he's a good choice for a match like this, which went about as high as it was going to.
0: Well, Berlin is coming.
1: And we cut to the back where Sid is beating up Silver King and LaParca, including bo- power bombing Leparka onto a bag of popcorn.
0: And in the cruise title is Lenny Jr.
1: Mysterio is defending for the first time in months. No contract for the first min no contact for the first minute, and Lenny keeps dancing at Mysterio to play some mind games. He offers Lodi a hug and a champion nails him with a forearm. A reverse powerbomb gets two, two for Lenny, but Ray sends him into the floor and takes Lodi out. Only to have Letty go up for a big corkscrew dive. The fans are actually shocked that this might be the first time Lenny has ever hit a big move. They're also stunned that Stid comes in again to lay out all three guys, giving Ray a DQ win.
0: Well, Sting comes out for the save with Hogan limping behind him. The is clean house, and Hogan says Sting can have a title shot next week if he retains the title tonight. Right, so our next match is Public Enemy versus Insane Clown Posse.
1: We're officially in ECW. We have to be. No other company could possibly think this is an acceptable idea to air on national television. Raven, in his last television appearance with WSW before walking out when Bischoff offered anyone a release, wants to know where his pyro is. The clowns jump public enemy while they're stacking tables but are easily knocked to the floor. It's Shaggy in trouble first with Grunge elbowing him low before double-teaming double-tag brings in Jay and Rocco.
0: Well, top ho- top rope right Hucker a plants Shaggy, it's table time. Of course, Rocco overshoots the table and barely drives Shaggy through it, almost completely missing the bottom table. Not that it matters as the referee gets taken out, allowing Van Pure now grunge in his coffin, giving Jay the pin.
1: Public Enemy isn't the best team, and I don't think it's a stretch to call them one of the least technically sound mainstream tag teams of all time. The key thing is, though, is they're actual wrestlers. They've been trained and have some experience, but still aren't all that great. However, they make the clowns look like a Steiner Brothers circa 1991 because the clowns aren't wrestlers. They're as qualified to be wrestlers as seven-year-olds pretending to be police are qualified to patrol the sh- At least the filthy animals could carry a match, but this was horrible.
0: Well, i got some good news for you though, Dan, because DJ Ran is back. Yay. But,
1: James, a bit more actual joy. Nitro
0: Gals. Yay. Well, here's Harlem Heat in the street clothes for a chat. They're back together after Stevie got tired of being with the four fruit booties, couldn't get the job done. No open challenge isn't issued and Booker promises to turn this mother out. I really think this speaks for itself. Berlin is here in two weeks. Well, we get what's left of the black and white for the first time in a good. accepts the challenge for tonight, which actually makes sense for a change. Norton promises to take care of Stevie Ray. Adam says he and Vincent will challenge Harlem Heat tonight and the team beats him down for no apparent reason, ripping the T-shirt off his back.
1: Oakland brings out Kidman for a chat and calls him a chick magnet. CM Kidman. Or <laughs> well, Gene Oakland should know what a chick is. Or Gene Oakland should not know what a chick is. Kidman says that he, Conan, Guerrero and Mysterio are a bunch of that love to party and chase the chicks. It does sound better coming from him.
0: Well, in a totally instantaneous line, there's no way designed
1: to set up That is fuck me. In a totally spontaneous line that is in no way designed to set up the next match. Gene asks Kidman. Gene asks if Kidman has seen the Nitro Girls pay per view. Of course he has, and Kidman is his favourite Nitro Girl. Cue DDP to start spelling respect before he's slamming in and plants him with a spinning rock bottom.
0: And then it leads to DDP versus Kidman.
1: Who would have thought that? I would have known that. A snapmare sends Kidman across the ring and Page slowly stomps away. An elbow drop with some shouts to the fans, the people, if you will, gets two, two for Page, but Kidman snaps off a head scissors. That's the extent of his offense for now, though, as Page kicks the knee out to kill the crowd again. The helicopter bomb plants him again, but Page pulls up at two. Tony totally forgets the name of the referee Page laid out at Road Wild and just trails off in the middle of his sentence. That might be better for all it- of us. Page loads up a fireman carry for the diamond cutter, but Kidman spins out into a roll-up for the pin.
0: Well, this was an angle instead of a match, but it still managed to be dull in the process. Kidman was treated like a guy way out of his league here, continuing this stupid idea that like cruise weights are nothing compared to the bigger guy. I'm assuming this leads to the trad versus animals, which wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. It's not
1: a good idea, mind
0: you, but it could be.
1: Well, Page diamond cuts both guys to negate the upset. Kimberly has to come out and call Paige off.
0: Well, here's the Disco Inferno to declare himself a superstar, a sex symbol and an icon. The filthy animals have been calling him every day because he's the future of the company. Cue Benoit to say, prove it.
1: So that sets up the US title match between Chris Benoit and Disco Inferno.
0: Benoit immediately takes him down with a hard chop and a big belly to back suplex. A drop dropkick puts Disco down and Benoit's on a roll. The crossface sends Disco running to the floor and the fans are all fired up for the first time all night. Back in and Disco now is his finger neck break and clothesline followed by the middle right elbow and a Russian leg sweep.
1: They head outside with Benoit going into the steps but Disco stops to dance. You can't say he isn't dedicated. He sends the champ into the barricade and gets a bit more dancing. Back in and Benoit flips out of a belly-to-back suplex before planting with a German suplex. Disco's last dance is countered and the Three Amigos not Disco cilia. But doesn't mess with a, that bit of hair. Swan dives him to retain the title.
0: Well, as usual, when you give Disco the right opponent, he can put off a pretty decent match. I was hoping for one of those jumping bar drivers to really make this close. But what else can you ask for for a five-minute match on a show featuring celebrity clowns? It's also nice to see Ben survive his first total defence, so this company wouldn't shock me if they jobbed him out immediately. And Goldberg versus Barry Windham is up next. All little the rednecks, but Henning are out with Barry. Goldberg beats up all in seconds and pins Barry in 30 seconds with the usual. Well, that's Goldberg back then.
1: Well, Kiss is still coming and they're seriously going through with it?
0: Well, then we get Horace Vincent, Scott Norton versus Harlem Heat.
1: Well, it's non-title, and Stevie throws Vincent around to start, but botches a press slam, nearly dropping Vincent on his face. It's off to Norton versus Booker, with Stevie saying in for a double back elbow. That's it for Flash as he brings in Horace. You know, I remember about three years ago when Hall, Nash and Hogan were taking over the company and Wrestling World. That's evolved into this trio fighting in a adult tag match and getting beaten up free to. Booker drops Horace with kicks, but goes after Vincent to give Horace a breather.
0: Well, that's enough for the talent, though, so it's back to Stevie, who kicks Horace in the face. Why overcomplicate the offence? The cheap excuse for the NWO getting some cheap shots for the apron, allowing Horace to take over with DDT. Big shoulders sends Stevie down, the NWO starts taking turns. Norton loads up with a powerbomb, but here's Brian Adams for the save. Referee, not even distracted, do not do anything about the interference as Adam cleans house in the melee. Booker T. sold drop kicks Horace to give Stevie the pin.
1: So let me get this straight: Booker T. and Stevie Ray, perhaps the most successful WCW tag team of all time, freshly reunited, and the new tag team champions needed help to beat Horace, Vincent, and Norton. Also, we're supposed to care about Brian Adams all of a sudden. At least this should lead to the end of the black and white. They just need to be put out to pasture at this point, anyway. By this point, I mean a yearos.
0: Well, the camera follows Adams as he gets into the limo with a kiss license plate. It's bad enough that they had to lose stupid celebrity appearance, but now we have to give them stories.
1: And our next match is a TV title: Brian Nobbs versus Rick Steiner.
0: Again, I say let's get this over with. It's a brawl to start with. Steiner dropping in with an early Steiner line. They are quickly to the choking before the brawl heads outside. Rick upgrades his choking with a dog collar before they head back inside for another Steiner line. So far, if you count punches and kicks, Steiner is at four moves. Down but his middle rope, splash hits leg. I've always thought that would hurt the leg as much as the guy trying to splash. Anyway, Hart offers a distraction with a collar, but Brian is sent into him setting up the Steiner bulldog. Hey, hit five moves to so event WrestleMania 7 and retain.
1: Of all the people they have in this company, Brian Nobbs gets a TV title shot. You couldn't throw some low-level schmuck out there who might be able to do a single, decent-looking move. This may be a stretch, but Brian may be worse illustration of nepotism than David Flair. At least with Flair, there might have been some potential there. But everyone knew what they were getting with knobs, But his friendship with Hogan kept him in work.
0: Well, Nitro girls and Tony asks why Heenan never applauds them. Heenan says it's possible to clap with one hand. No, it's not. You can clap. With... Oh, wait a minute. That's disgusting.
1: And it is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Saturn.
0: Well, the big ball guy drops a little ball guy with some early clotheslines, but get kicked outside. Certainly, so you moonsault back in and Bigelow launches Saturn across the ring because Bigelow's old and therefore doesn't have to sell. He charges into a boot into the corner low and fires off right hands only to be shoved into the referee. Saturn now is an AJ Styles springboard forearm now's decent T-bone suplex. Q. Canyon. Why couldn't this be Canyon versus Saturn? Too entertaining to shove Saturn into a bear hug but Shane Douglas comes out to shove Canyon onto both of them giving Saturn the win.
1: I know they've taken their time getting here but the revolution finally seems to be taking hold. by winning the title and getting a to defend it in a pretty solid match was a good sign. And they even won a match over an older guy. I have zero confidence that it's going to last, but at least it worked for one night.
0: Benoit Malinka come out to make save Saturn from a beatdown. And it
1: is the W World Title match, Sid Vicious versus Hulk Hogan. But as soon as Hogan
0: came out here, Sid had been beating him down. But all of a sudden, Hogan has got to his feet. Oh, dear. And I think now Sid doesn't realise Hogan now with the right hand. And the fans right behind him, and he winded up, big right hand sending Sid out, and Hulk are main wild, and Sid doesn't like any of that, jumping over the barricade into the fans, and Hogan telling Sid, bring it on. You should have told me, I wouldn't have fucking bought it.
1: <laughs> well, I did tell you multiple times, uh, that's chicken fine. and that's fine. Bread.
0: that's, that's fine. terrible. I'll get ready, I can still. We've got loads. <clears throat> and now Sid's, Sid's come back in, and he's taken Hogan down, big kick to the face. And now slow attack to Hogan's back. And this is not looking good. Submission in now. Hogan's
1: in trouble. A terrible looking drop onto Hogan's back that Hogan didn't even sell because it was nowhere near him.
0: Now Sid trying to send Hogan into the turnbuckle, but he's blocking it.
1: The power of the red, white and blue is coming back as Hogan elbows Sting and sends him headfirst into the turnbuckle. But nope, you're not getting away with just one big guy. You're having five of them. And now some... Terrible looking stomps in the corner and Hogan just chokes him out of his foot. Sid manages to, to the outside, grab hold of Hogan. Hogan follows it up with a huge rake to the back. Now he's looking for a chair. Cracks it across the back of Sid. And is this a no DQ match?
0: No, I think the referee's just letting things go at the
1: moment. Hogan's sending Sid into the crowd. And Sid's in serious trouble. But comes back with a rake to the eyes. And now it is slow Sid. Sid the sloth. And he's got the chair. It's going to make Hogan pay. As he whacks it across the back of Hulkamania, threatens the camera man to get out of the way. Sends Hogan into the announce table. Just got the water, <laughs> throws it at Tony. I thought he was going to set him up for a through the announce table spot, but nope, just goes back into the ring, into a cover. But Hogan manages to kick out.
0: Ah, uh, feet Sid attention went over there just to throw water at Tony.
1: Now Slid so- sews things down with a nerve pinch.
0: Hogan now trying to get to his feet, Sid keeping him down. Just reminds me of WrestleMania 8.
1: How long ago was that now?
0: From this part. Only seven years from 1999. Not too bad. Hogan back to his feet, but oh no, straight down again. This the nerve. strength
1: grip. of Sting.
0: And Sid in complete
1: control. Just keeps that nerve hold locked in. We could be seeing a new WCW champion here. Hogan fading
0: fast. Arm goes down twice. Looking to go down for a third. No, Hogan's alive. And Sid cannot believe it.
1: Hogan slapping himself now, back to his feet as he hulks himself up. Elbows to the midsection, finally gets sting to break the nerve grip. Hogan ducks a clothesline, but gets caught a second time round as sting uh, as Sid slows things down again. And it goes into cover after like 20 seconds, which is the worst cover I think in history.
0: And Hogan just kind of like it's like me getting out of bed in the morning, just kind of move. <laughs> not even to try a bit of energy. Actually, Hogan does look like me on a Sunday,
1: struggling to get to his feet now. With a man on top of him who is slightly larger.
0: I mean, either or. <laughs> it's a 21st century man. Gay, straight, bisexual. We're all inclusive on the podcast. And a
1: short man with blonde hair watching. <laughs> exactly,
0: not a problem, as long as he's got black and white stripes on. And now Sid with a right hand just rocking Hogan. Hogan is going to fall at any moment.
1: Sid drops him down to one knee. Hulkamania is definitely in trouble. Has it all come crashing down for Hogan? And is it hurting inside?
0: But Let's not forget, he's got the red, white and blue running through his veins. American made. But at the moment, Sid just takes him down. Like he's a voodoo child. Like Sid chopped it down with the edge of his hand. And now, talking about his hand, he's got him in a choke slam.
1: Hogan's struggling with everything he's got. Unable to break the grip. Sid plants him. we got a new world champion. This is it all over. No. No, no. Slow Sid says Hogan is going to pay. No, but he's then gonna covers pay. him. There you go. No. What? Wait. Hogan managed to kick out. A- Sid delayed pinning him for about seven seconds. And now look at the bulging eyes. Yes, I said
0: eyes of Sid as Hogan is looking to make his standard comeback.
1: A shot to the head stunned Hogan. But he just shakes it off in typical Hulk fashion. Uh And everything Sid's doing, Hulk's just shaking it off as he powers himself up, getting all his power and energy from the Hulkamaniacs in attendance. You! As he starts unloading on Sid. Irish whip. Big boot. (claps) That's it, Hogan. The fans want to see it. Here we go. Drops the huge leg into the cover. One. One. Oh. And Steiner's in to break it up. The referee hasn't called for the bell.
0: Yeah, no, he's called he for it now. Yeah. now. He said that that's enough. Rick's come out. And now the fans making their faults known.
1: As they just throw their <laughs> cups and bottles Get into it. the ring. Get out of there, Charles. Go on, Charlie. Make a run for it. And Steen comes in for the save. And the amount of garbage in the ring right now. And the trash
0: being thrown by the fans. is <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, look at the state at W.
1: It is coming to an end, there's no doubt about that. As Hogan drops the leg across, goes into a cover on Steiner, Charles Robinson's like, what the fuck, and counts it? And, and Hogan celebrates it as if he's just... But that's stubby, stubby for you. In a
0: well told match between Hogan and Sid, Hogan pins Scott, uh, Rick Steiner to retain. I mean, it's obvious. Oh,
1: Oh, that makes, that makes, well, now you put it like yeah, exactly. that. exactly, exactly. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah, whatever. But, you know, there we go, and that is uh, the way WCW do things. Not a bad main event, but it just went to absolute trash towards the end.
1: Literally yeah. and figuratively.
0: All right, so we continue with Nitro, and it's August 23rd, and Kiss is here tonight, and the rating's barely hit at 3.0. The first hour was really weak with 3.3, and then it fell to a 2.7, but rose to a 3.2. After some, Slam roll, got a 5.65 of a 5.6 and a 5.7. Before the show, Bishop had a meeting and asked if anybody wanted to a release. Why? Who knows, but clearly Morrell was down. Probably sick of Hogan. Well, Nash is gone for now, and Raven
1: accepted. Well, earlier, Raven and Piper wanted to do an angle, but it was cabooshed for some reason. It would have been decent. Then Raven was going to be part of the Kiss Demon angle, and he was interested, but did not like the conclusion of it. So... He will go back to ECW, then the WWF next year. Damn shame, too, because he is talented, he was over, and they dropped the ball.
0: Well, WSW is in the midst of a dearth of talent due to injuries and departures, but still managed to fuck up. Raven should have been US champion, feuded with top guys, but he's done nothing in a year, and I do not blame him, and I place the blame squarely on WSW. This is the stuff that helps least to its fall. Savage was mentioned last week, but no Savage. I'm not sure if he's gone yet. Kiss segment is one of the lowest in nitrate on Monday Night War history. What about the Hammer? Fuck knows, we still don't know.
1: So... He actually went into the middle of the ring and says, would anyone like a release? Is this that genuine... Is, he went backstage and said oh. it.
0: Yeah, this, this is how bad it was at the actual time. He called a meeting before the show and said to people, "You know, anybody not happy, hand in your release. And literally, Raven was like, Raven yeah. Was like yeah. But the thing is, it was boiling and Other guys were thinking, yeah, we're going to do that sooner rather than later as well.
1: Well, Shivani claims there are 18,000 at the MGM Grand tonight. It seats 16,800. There are maybe... Eight to ten thousand from the looks of the arena, which ain't bad. But Jesus, stop fucking lying! Well, match one is Chase Tatum versus Mikey Riprack. They're battling back and forth. Mikey is down after another minute. Here comes Sid, and he takes out both and he pins both. He is now sixty-eight and O. Even though he lost to Hogan the previous night, but then he didn't get pinned. So Rick Steiner got pinned Rick Steiner on night.
0: Yeah.
1: Pinned. Well, the fans count along too. Sid has the mic. He tells everyone it is now 68-0 and 0 and does some sort of dance. The fans chant Goldberg and Sid agrees. He can hear it. You'll hear only one name and that is Sid Kidman's in the back and runs into Kim.
0: He apologises and she accepts it. She knows what he's like. It's another Nitro girl and she will talk to Paige.
1: Goldberg has arrived. DDP is beating up someone, maybe Kidman. Goldberg tells him to back off and a triad is there and the fight is on. It was Kidman. And security is there to break it up.
0: Well, here comes the triad. DDP gives Kenyon a stick Canyon a stick. He does his thing. DDP tries to correct the crowd and calls them nobodies. The triads are the only winners the rest of losers. They will never forget D D P as far as Kidman goes. And Kenyon trained him and DDP bought him. Now he realizes that he does not breathe the same air as Kimberly.
1: He tells Goldberg to get in his word to get in his word and get in the ring. He will kick his teeth in Last time in Vegas, they blew the roof off, and tonight, DDP will blow him off. Okay. Well, here comes
0: Sting. He's happy that Hogan is giving him a title shot tonight. Not to override his mouth or something like that when Hulk toes him, he's going to kick his butt. Here comes Luger. They hug and the fans chant,
1: Luger. Luger has been watching him real close since rehabbing. He is here to show him support, as Sting has been with him through the thick and thin. Sting is a true franchise but he has a bad feeling in the pit of his stomach.
0: Well, Hogan is now claiming to be best friends with Sting, and Hogan, he does not trust him. (laughs) What the fuck? Hogan is claiming Sting, he does not trust him, and the whole thing has a foul stench. He tells him not to trust Hogan, and Sting asks that if that's the case, and Hogan's been straight up because he's putting up the title. Lex wishes him the best and shakes his head as Sting
1: leaves. Well, Tanay is outside, and Bischoff has arrived inside a hammer. Tanay asks if Bischoff is going to be president since Steen gave it back to WCW. Bischoff begs off and Tanay thinks the rumours are true that Bischoff will become president again. Bischoff disagrees.
0: Well, the cat is here and he tells everyone to sit down and shut up. He calls out Buff. And match two is, yes, James, you guessed it, Cat versus Buff. Bagwell. Well, Cat runs him over. Buff comes back with some hip tosses and a dropkick sends the Cat to the floor. Cat draws with some fans. He gets in the ring and kicks Buff to the nose. He scoops, lands
1: him and shimmies and jives for dropping in the elbow. He gets two. Two. Cat misses the elbow and Buff goes off and after a splash, he gets two. Two. Cat nuts him and pulls him to the floor. Sonny stumps on Buff and chokes him out with the briefcase. Lex is back out and tells Sonny no. Buff is up top and Cat hits the blockbuster. Camera missed it. It is over.
0: Well, why? Cat gets a lot of air time and gets squashed by Buff
1: twice. If that's the case, move Buff along. DDP has the mark again and he tells the ball-headed geek to get out of here now so he can kick his teeth down his throat.
0: And that leads to DDP
1: versus Goldberg. Bigelow hits Goldberg from behind. Goldberg sprints to the ring and is double-teamed. Canyon is fucking murdered with a spear. Bigelow eats one and DDP flees through the crowd. Goldberg tells DDP he is dead next week. Okay. Goldberg heads after him and gets back in the ring and has a mic. He tells Paige that he bit off more than he could chew, and next week he will take on all three.
0: Well, West Texas Rednecks have a music video. Holy shit, it's really terrible. They're good old boys. They show him having a good time. Fuck's sake.
1: Some kids are wrestling, acting like Lodi, and it devolves into a food fight. But what the fuck that was? And then Lodi's in action next versus Hoover to Guerrera. Lenny. Sorry, I was wrong. It's for the title. Lenny tries to dry hump him, but is kicked in the nuts and scissored over. Lenny retreats to the floor. He gets back in the ring and rips into Huve getting a two. Two. He gives him two shoulder breakers and power slams him for two. Two. Huve fights back, but it does not last and he is taken down. Lenny hammers him, but his suplex is blocked and he is rolled up and nearly pinned. Kane comes back with some knees to the gut and power bombs him as the fans call him gay.
0: Lenny gets two. Two Hoovie fights back and places him up top but Lenny has him hooked. Hoovie escapes and power bombs him through the top, getting two. Two and here comes Sid as Hoobie hits the driver. He's heading up top and Sid comes down and stands there and Hoobie randomly leaps into a choke slam is power bomb. Now Lodi is power bombed. Lenny is grabbed and power bombed. He pins all three for the win. He is now seventy and oh.
1: It weren't a terrible match, but it's just too bad the cruise just keep getting buried.
0: Well Sid proclaims that no one can stop him and he repeats it. He says no one can stop him. He brags about his record and he's marching higher. He pinned three. Would that not make it 71? The fans chant Goldberg and he states he can barely hear it and continues to babble. He tries for a Sid chant but the fans continue to chant for Goldberg and he don't like that. He continues
1: that all their faces will be gone. So let me just summarise this. So Goldberg is currently in a feud with D. And Sid is currently trying to start a feud with Goldberg.
0: That's how WSW
1: work. Okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I just wanted to make sure because, yeah. All right. Well, West Texas Rednecks to sing their new single. And then it's the First Family versus the Revolution. Shane and Hugh beat each other. Shane is down and here comes the Barbarian to punish him. He's game and keeps it after him, but is shoved down each time. Malenko and Nobs are in and Nobs slams him. <laughs> And drops the elbow. He trips him up, and Morris drops two elbows after getting the, after the tag, getting two, two. Malenko is sent to the corner, and two first family members squash, but he dodges Morris and rolls him up for two, two. But he is clotheslined.
0: Nobs is back, and he slams Dean heads to the middle rope, leaps right into the boot. Saturn gets the hot tag, and he unloads on all three. Morris makes a save, and now the match is broken down as all six are going at it. Barbarian misses the boot. Hart is ruffled by Saturn, and Nobbs t-boned. Rick runs down and hits his bulldog, this allows Nobs, to win.
1: Well, it wasn't a bad brawl. Then Benoit runs down and asks Rick if he wants to taste his success. His bite is worse than his bark, but the crippler backs down from no one, so they need to hammer it out in the ring. And Rick is game. Shane brags about a revolution despite losing.
0: And Match 5 versus Ray Mysterio and Kidman.
1: Well, they're flying around in the ring. Ray is and Shaggy are just going at it. Shaggy makes the tag and Jay is in but he gets double teamed and hammered. Kidman is in and he gets clothes lined, he's given a brain buster and Shaggy drops the elbow after the tag. Kidman reverses the whip into the corner and hauls off and wallops him. Ray springs into a kick and Shaggy is whipped into the corner and it is Bronco Buster time.
0: Well, the camera refused to pan on it. Ray is caught by Jay and press slam. Maggie hits a guillotine leg drop from the top. Kidman makes a save and now Ray slingshots into one of them. Kidman goes up top but is shoved off by Vampiro. But the ICP are flung into each other and pinned. Vamp and crew hammer Ray and Kidman and Eddie make the save.
1: Well, it was a sudden ending but a good match and no Raven as he quit.
0: Gene calls out Hogan. Hogan is baffled by Lex. He talks about his son and his family. He tells Nick that he and Sting are friends and that while they're friends in the locker room, in the ring, Hogan's going to kick his ass. He's going to get... Fans are not that excited. It just depends on where he's at. He has a gene cusp his ear to the crowd.
1: And match six is Rick Siner, who is the champion, versus Chris Benoit, who is the champion for the WCW US title, which is held by Chris Benoit.
0: Well, Rick yells at the announcers and tells the ref to shut up. He puts Benoit on a clutch on the floor and wallets him in the head. Back in the ring, Steiner pushes him into the corner and whips him into the other one, but runs into a boot. And he's rolling German time and he hits a trifecta. He calls for the headbutt and slowly heads upstairs and Rick pulls the ref down on top of him and he eats the headbutt. Both the ref and Benoit are down and Rick has a US belt and Satin blindsides him and mounts and pounds him in the corner. Here comes Sid and he tosses him off like a child, sat in his spiked powerbomb. Benoit is up and he swings the belt at the hills who flee. I guess it's over, but what I saw,
1: I liked. Well, Benoit has the mic and he is sick of the monopolised the business. It's not about evolution, but revolution, and they will get a taste of that on Thunder. Sid mocks the revolution stuff, and Benoit is called small, and Sid is the big man. They need to wear big boots. Benoit tries to get a revolution chant started.
0: Well, match six is West Texas Red, red- is the West Texas Rednecks versus Harlem Heat for the tag
1: titles. Kendall and Booker work over Kendall and Booker work over the arm. Booker runs him down and arm drags him. Ray is tagged in and both kick Kendall down. Ray pulls him up and slams him. He misses the elbow drop and Wyndham gets the tag and he hammers Ray in the corner. But his power slammed. It is back and forth and Booker hits Kendall with the axe kick and a missile kick. But the ref is distracted as Ray and Wyndham fight. Kurt has the cowbell and knocks out Booker. And here comes the ref and the rednecks are the champs.
0: Well, they got a short run. Better as single wrestlers anyway.
1: Well, match seven is Vampiro versus Eduardo Guerrero.
0: Well, Vamp puts the boots to him and then sandwiches him in the corner and tosses him with an exploded suplex. Eddie's just getting brutalised as Vampiro destroys him. He misses in the corner. Now, Eddie chops his shit out of him. They beat each other on the floor. Back in the ring, Vampiro ducks and he misses out. But Vamp kicks him in the head and runs him face-first into the buckle and he gets two, two after a spin kick to the head.
1: Well, after a two count, he goes upstairs and Eddie is right there and superplexes him. Eddie heads up top, but here comes Insane Clown Posse. Eddie goes to leap on the posse, but loses his footing. but he still crashes into him. He sells the knee and limps back into the ring, and Vampiro goes after it. He gets a near fall. Eddie fights back, and the ref is distracted, and Eddie and Shaggy hit heads, and Vampiro gets the win.
0: Well, it's a great start, but a weak finish.
1: Kidman runs down to make sure he's not pummeled some more, and Ray is there too.
0: And now it's our main event. It's Sting versus Hulk Hogan for the world. Heavyweight title a match that we want to see for so long. The two faces of Nitro going at it.
1: Hogan are going at it. They're friends, but I think the title means more than friendship in WCW. As they're just tied up, trying to run around the ring, the referee has to get in and pull them both apart as they square up nose to nose. A bit of shoving going on there. As both men, they desperately want to be called WCW champ. The two biggest egos in the business... Or would you say Hogan has both of the two biggest egos?
0: Yeah, if you've got to think Hogan is a master manipulator here. Especially when Ratings weren't doing well and he's come back in, back to the old Hulk Hogan as world champion.
1: As they do a slow, well, Hogan does a slow bit of chain wrestling, locking each other up in hammerlocks. Sting tries his best to escape, but just gets a foot to the bottom rope, calling there's for they, a ref break. There's
0: no doubt that these two guys, you know, faced off at WCW's greatest ever. Uh, show their biggest ever paper is Starcade 97 where they were the hottest thing in the business and since then what's happened to WSW and they've kind of gone back to this now I mean it's just kind of panicking and it's what we've seen with WWE now of kind of not creating new stars and going back to the old ones and still relying on them but I, I don't think WWE will ever go out of business because I just think they're they're too big or is there a chance do you reckon if WSW did then why is, what's to say WWE won't
1: um well, they've not really got any competition at the moment. You know, I know AEW, they've had a show every three months or whatever it is, but they're not really what you could class as competition. I know there's loads in in Japan and, you know, obviously British wrestling is better than it ever has been. But it's not really been an issue, you know, for the diehard WWE fans. But I think once AEW gets kicked, gets kicked off properly... WWE are going to have to either pull their finger out or, you know, they do run the risk of just dwindling along. And you don't want that, you know, you don't want them to be the next Impact Wrestling. You know, no disrespect to Impact they had their good moments, but, you know, it's it's never really been a threat to anyone or anything.
0: No, I think that's the thing that we're, we're seeing. And with WWE the problem was, was that they relied on the, the same stars and didn't want to do it, you know. And with WWE just... Uh. more more expanding and just picking the talent off of WSW. Literally, they had no choice. And anybody that came out after that, you know, WWE won the war, didn't they? So anything else was less land. Now, hopefully 20 years later, we might see a little bit of a difference. But I think WWE got enough, as we see, with the kind of newer stars coming through anyway. But WWE will still rely on people like Sting and Hogan to come back, like we see, for the SmackDown um, 20th anniversary show that they've got of course, even like WWE 2K20 on games like that as well. So and the nostalgia feelings is there more as opposed to what it was, you know, I suppose with Hogan at the time.
1: Well, I think, you know, in some cases the nostalgia feeling is good. But when they do it four, five, six, seven, eight times a year, it kind of gets boring and played out. You know, if it was like once a year and they'd have someone big come back and do something dramatic, then, yeah, it's fun, but not... Multiple times.
0: Yeah. And I'm surprised here. Hogan actually wrestling with Sting at the moment. And he's been the one in control.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Back body drop. So Hogan goes for the cover. But Sting managing to kick out. Oh. I'm just trying to wonder who's going to come in to break this match up. (laughs) I thought it would
0: be Sid to come back down. As Sting hits the clothesline now. And the fans get behind
1: him. But Sid's in a feud with Goldberg, who's in a feud with DDP. Yeah,
0: but Sting was the president, but he gave it up, so... Indeed. Or Lex. And with Lex now, and Sting was uh, part of the Wolfpack earlier in the year.
1: There is that, uh, but Hogan was part of the Black and White. And
0: they're all on the same side at one point. Yes. Uh, and now even now they're on the same side and Sting's asking the question, can he trust Hoke Hogan? Is this the Hulk Hogan we know or is there still a little bit of Hollywood buried inside him?
1: Well, Sting going for Hogan's back rake and now he's got Hogan in the corner just kicking the shit out of him as he picks him up for a scoop slam. Looking to drop that jumping elbow, but Hogan rolls out the way. And is this a Hulk up already? As Hollywood starts wailing away with a huge right hand, backing Sting up into the corner. Irish whip, followed by a big boot to the midsection.
0: I don't know if Hogan tripped or wherever it was, but I know he's got Sting frozen to the
1: outside. At least this Hogan doesn't do many back rakes. Absolutely not, no. It's Sting doing the back rake. As Hulkamania, or oh, as Hulk Hogan admires a Hulk sign. From the crowd and then sends Sting into Barricade. Looking to bounce his head off Barricade, but Sting blocks it and sends Hogan into it. And now they're on the announce table. Hogan in all sorts of trouble. As Sting drops the elbow onto Hogan, referees begging and pleading with him to get back in the ring. Sting's not listening as he continues to elbow Hogan, who's laid over the announce table. Hogan fighting back and lays Sting onto the announce table now. Hulk sends Sting back in, slamming him down. He's going to look for the big.
0: Elbow goes into the cover, but Sting managing to kick out. Ah! Uh-huh. He scored, And now Sting manages to get back into this, taking Hogan back into the corner.
1: Kicks and chops. Now slam. The Sting looks to go up top. Sting with a Vader bomb or a Swagger bomb?
0: Well, Sting bomb, as he can't keep Hogan down, now puts him in a sleeper. He's just trying to wear Hogan out. Again, Sting's face paint has gone from his forehead. And Hogan, though, like, trying to get to his feet, trying to get the submission. But Sting just putting him back down.
1: And Hogan back down to a seated position, unable to fight out. This could be all over for Hogan. Sting could be the new world champion.
0: And the referee's going to have a closer look.
1: I mean, this is nothing like we saw last week when it was Sid putting Hogan down with the nerve pinch.
0: I don't think Hogan's out of this. I don't think he's going to get up. ain't no way that arm's going to drop like twice and then all of a sudden he's going to hold back up again.
1: Never. No. Ever.
0: Can't see it happening. There you go. You've got the arm. One. Drops
1: once. Yeah. The hand drops twice. Twice. One more. We've got a new champ. No! Hogan is hulking back up. The sting grips tight, but Hogan with the elbows to the midsection. Three of them breaks the hold. As Hogan bounces off the ropes just to. Plant Sting's head into the mat. But
0: Sting's head slammed off that mat as he bounces back up again. Only to be taken out by Hogan.
1: Now the punches. Just knocking Sting around the ring. Irish whip to the big boot. The fans want to see the big leg drop. We know what's next. (coughs) Oh, no. Sting gets out the way. Hogan hits nothing. And now Hogan having to use the corner to get up. Sting a splash to the back. Oh, but a second time, Hogan gets the boot up. Sting comes in for a third, but Hogan moves. Sting drops to the mat, and Hogan hulking up. He wants Sting up. As he winds up the huge right, plants Sting. Hey! But Sid and Rick Steiner come in and ruin this match, and he gets thrown out. That's what we wanted. Oh,
0: my God. It was actually turned into not a bad match towards the end until the blatant interference.
1: So the Sid that is feuding with DDP... No, the Sid that is feuding with Goldberg that's feuding with DDP just attacked Hogan and Sting, who was saved by Goldberg. No, Goldberg's
0: feuding with DDP.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean.
0: Yeah, Sid is feuding with... Sid
1: is feuding with Goldberg, who's feuding with DDP. But it's
0: also a team with Rick Steiner and Nash, even though Nash's not around. But now Luger has joined the good guys. so it's actually been through rehab. The good guys are actually overwhelming the bad guys now, because it's 4-2. to two, So, WCW always know how to work out the maths. Luger is saying, can Sting trust Hogan? Hogan is still the champion for now. And Goldberg's just, like you said, just waiting for someone else to bring it up. But handshakes all around for the baby faces And things are going well for him at the moment WCW. So, I mean, can the Hills respond? We'll find out in the next episode. So we move on to our last episode of Nitro, August 30th.
1: And match one is Disorderly Conduct versus Steve Regal. And Dave Taylor.
0: Well, they start a the show with them in the ring. This match goes for two minutes. It's back and forth. Sid comes down and clears out the Brits. And Dio are bombed and pinned. He is 75 and O now.
1: Well, Sid talks about the tally going higher and higher. And there is no end. He repeats that a lot. He has to pick it up a little bit and bring the intensity and bring the number higher and higher. He is the Millennium Man and he has no equal. Two enter and only one survives. The f- fans call for Goldberg until their eyes pop out of their head, and they do. Now Sid screams for them to shut up. He is upset, and so he power bombs a DO member.
0: Well, Sid will keep rolling and marching until he's on top of the world. He repeats the last part. In the year 2000, there will be one name, and that is Sid Vicious. Sid, enough said, and he repeats that. The fans talk, and he yells for them to shut up. They will force him to do it again, so he power bombs the
1: other DO guy. A taxi has arrived, and Lodi gets out. He's mobbed by fans. Lanny gets out too, and they are upset for not being on the list. They yell at security and get back in the taxi. And fans chase after them.
0: Well, Gene is in the ring and here comes Luger, the former disgust Sting and Hogan. He asks Luger about his information pertaining to Hogan. Luger has known Sting for a decade. He knows something is up with Hogan. The red and yellow was built on vitamins and prayers, but for the last three years, Hogan proved it a sham. People do not want to hear this, but it will provide irrefutable proof that Hogan is a con artist and a scammer. It's on his
1: way. Some boo, but Lex gets a lot of cheers too. Ooh, well, I wonder what side we're going to be on with the Hogan. Is it a scam or not? Mm. And out comes Berlin, along with a female interpreter. He refuses to speak English, despite knowing it.
0: And match two is lash LaRue versus Scotty Riggs.
1: Well, not much to see here. The fans chanted for Sid. Vampiro and Insane Clown Posse come down. And tells Riggs he owes them, and after about four minutes, Riggs gets the pin.
0: Well, Riggs acts like he does not know what Vampiro is talking about.
1: And here comes the revolution. Shane screams to the crowd if they are ready for one. They are getting decent, but not spectacular responses from the crowd. He asks the crowd if they believe it is time for a revolution, and the response is decent. Shane continues to try and rally the crowd, asking if the crowd thinks they are the real deal. Same response. San has the mic and challenges Rick Steiner at the pay-per-view. He struggles on the mic and stuttered and stumbled. Benoit is much better on the mic and he throws out an open challenge, but he says the word "experience" six times in. He says the word "experience" six times in two sentences. Malenko talks some more about a revolution. I like the stable, but the repetition of the word "revolution" gets old.
0: A match for his Kaz Hayashi versus Lenny Lane for the cruiserweight championship. Kaz Ducks are blowing, Lenny Clothesline's loaded to the floor... Kaz is facing Lodi, he's battering him in the pin. Lenny pulls him off. Kaz slingshots into Lenny. Lodi goes up top and strikes with a plancher. Back in the ring, Lodi gets two after a power slam. Two! Kaz counters with a slam of his own, knocks him around. He heads up the top, but he's crotched by Lenny. So Lodi bulldogs him for the top rope and gets a near fall. Kaz is sent into the corner, he floats over, but he's swung around and he kicks the ref. Lenny runs in and gets rolled up. Lenny and Lodi protest to no avail, so they destroy Kaz.
1: It was an okay match. Hogan, fuck Jesus, the guy's hobbling. Think about this. Savage could be coming out, or Goldberg, or Sting, or DDP. How about a Benoit or Booker match? I need to relax a couple more weeks of Hogan BS. Hogan has no place in 99. In 2002, it's a bit different, but when you have Austin and The Rock, you're not going to survive too long hulking up every fucking match.
0: Well, after a month or two, it will get old. Hogan again reiterates that he went back to the red and yellow for his son. He's unsure... what is up Luger's Schultz, But will sit in the back and eat fruit to be cool when he finds out what evidence Luger has. He will say a prayer and kick his ass too if necessary. He talks about Hulkamania running wild on Sting. He and Sting are buddies as well.
1: Well, match four is Blitz Blitzkrieg and Le Parker versus Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio.
0: Well, Blitz goes to down on Eddie and nails him with two standing somersaults, but he walks into a spring and slam. Ray is in and he connects with a springboard moonsault. Parker is in and flies right into the canvas. Rey drops him, but it's caught after a slingshot into him. Parker sets him up, chops him, and then struts. Parker is whipped to the corner, but he comes out and slams Ray.
1: Well, Parker holds him up for Blitz, who quicks, kicks Ray into getting two. Two. Vampiro and ICP are in. Ray ducks, and Parker takes out Blitz. Eddie hits a mu- missile kick, and Eddie strikes with a hair scissors from the ropes. Ray takes the Parker to the floor. Blitz whips Eddie into the corner, and then he does a series of flips and misses in the corner. Ray ones up and Frankensteins him from the top and Ray is launched on top of Lepaka and Eddie hits the frog splash for the win.
0: Well, this was a great match, but way too short. Here comes Berlin, his entourage. This time, Giovanni does not call him Alex Wright like he did over four months ago. He hopes the fans have forgotten. Now, there is no mention of Wright. Oakland gets patted down. Berlin speaks German. The babe tells everyone that he has a message. Berlin has a knowledge of wrestling that Americans do not understand. It's just wrestling when they wrestle, but not when he does.
1: He was built by a German consortium and built into a perfect German machine. He has chosen his first man that he will destroy. It is Buff Bagwell. Bagwell, like all Americans, is narcissistic, etc. He has been here before and he speaks perfect English. But the language disgusts him and he will not speak it. He demands Buff and she stumbles and finally slurs that a Germany losing is unacceptable.
0: Well, Lex is with Gene, and he claims that he and Hogan rifling through his bag. He'd been blindsided in the back, and he also smashed out all the windows in his vehicle. Hogan knew he would be exposed, and this is what he did, and he would expose him.
1: Well, Kalos and Prince Arca versus West Texas Rednecks for the WCW Tag Team titles.
0: Well, Kendall unloads on IKEA, but the latter counts with a reverse crossbody and springboard kick, but gets his head taken off with a big boot. Call a match, Kendall beats him for the next minute, and it's over.
1: Was that it? That was terrible, and poor
0: Arca. Well, Wyndham has the mic and says there's no tag competition in WSW. Harlem Heat is weak and they could beat them any time. Kurt Bragg's too. Here come Harlem Heat. The fight
1: is on. The Rednecks get demolished and knocked to the floor. Kendall is in the ring and still gets his head kicked off. Booker pins him and the ref counts it. Classic. Now Bobby runs down and blindsides Booker. Ties him up and Ray is down in the corner getting stumped.
0: Here comes Luger with some supposed evidence. Jean calls him a straight-up guy. Where has he been? Okay, Jean thinks that things have been far fetched of late. These pictures disgust him, but Sting needs to come out and he calls him out. Gene reminds us that Sting is facing Hogan at the pay-per-view. Lex stumbles over his words, snorts and corrects himself. He knows that Hogan and he have become friends. When Hogan was supposed to be rehabbing his knee, he is busier than anyone thought. He's more to him and Nash fighting at the pay-per-view. When it comes to the elusive Hummer that no one could find was driven by none other than
1: Hogan. Well, Hogan is standing next to a white Hummer wearing an NWO shirt. Hogan hobbles out and Gene says it's just a picture of Hulk standing by a hammer. Hogan yells that this proves nothing but demands to know where he got it. Hogan says Lex is out of his mind. Hogan wants to know if Sting believes him or not and wants Sting to Hogan thinks Lex is up to something. Luger's just trying to expose him. Sting wants some answers and DDP runs down and blindsides him and just leaves. Hogan is up and Sting reminds Hogan that he has screwed him before. Hogan yells that Sting is as bad as Luger if he believes him as security gets in between them. Fucking hell, what a mess. Well, up next, Buff Bagwell versus Van Hammer. Buff gets the crowd riled up. Hammer knocks him down and uses the ropes to choke him out. Berlin is at the entrance, having his interpreter take notes. It's just his entourage. Hammer works him over, but his need and while Hammer blocks the hip toss, Buff flips over him and hip tosses him. Buff charges him but gets his eyes raked and he's placed up top and tossed off. <laughs> Hammer straddles him and nails him in the head over and over. Well, he drops
0: the elbow and gets two. Two! And then tosses him again off to the floor. Hammer goes after him and drives him to the side of the ring and rolls him back into the ring. He's obsessing over the hot end. Hammer, Hammer sits on Buff and pulls him in the back and jumps on his neck and then he pounds the back in the neck. And then Buff kicks him in the nuts and he tees off on Hammer. Runs up to the corner. And then runs him over to get two. Two. Buff goes up, hits a blockbuster. Over.
1: Well, it's not great, but at least it had a bit of length, like Alex Right. I wonder what happened to Buff's push.
0: Well, match seven is Evan Courageous versus Mike Enos.
1: Well, Enos knocks him to the floor and springboards into him. He is caught, but put over Enos's shoulder and taken up the steps and tossed headfirst into the ring. Courageous goes. To, Courageous, though, goes on the attack, but lowers his head.
0: I kid you not, they keep showing a countdown that the to be Mayhem clock, but it's 26 fucking days away. They keep showing a countdown to video game and nothing like the great N64 games of previous years. Still not bad on the PlayStation.
1: Well, Enos goes back on the offence and Evan is down. Enos is tossing him around but taking his sweet time. Not sure what the purpose of this match is and he pile drives courageous. Here comes Vamp and ICP. Vampiro comes in and wipes out Enos and Evan gets the win.
0: Well, it was okay. It's some sort of angle of violence, but the fans chant for Sid and then for someone else.
1: Vampiro tells Evan that he owes him. Evan has no idea what he's talking about. Here comes the kiss demon. He screams at Vampiro. Not here, not now, and not this time, and then screams. Holy fucking shit, that was terrible.
0: And up next, Brian Nobbs and Hugh Morris versus Dean Malenko and Shane Douglas.
1: Nob screams that they are not allowed. They are not the revolution, and calls them crybabies and punks. The ball is on, and all four are going at it. Shane is cornered and destroyed as Dean cannot get to him because the ref holds him back. Nob swings him into a closed arm from Morris. Now it's just <laughs> Morris who stomps a hole in Douglas. Malenko has had enough and unloads on the family. And I guess he is the legal man. I must have missed the tag. He destroys Morris and then Nobbs.
0: Well, after destroying Nobbs, he's later in a leaf and Jimmy runs in and goes after him. Nobbs flies at them and squashes heart. Then a fight spills to the floor and Malinko is tossed off into some chairs in the railing. In the ring, it's Hugh and Douglas. Douglas is laid out, but Morris missed no laughing matter and he's knocked to the
1: floor. Shane goes up top, leaps on both hills. Jimmy starts throwing his weight around and the fight continues. The match is thrown out.
0: Oh, I mean, it wasn't bad, but not sure where the revolution is feuding with these guys.
1: Well, they're still brawling and bodies are all over the place.
0: But, thank goodness it's Hogan again. And he's, he's coming out here, still limping. Hogan gushes at the crowd, stood behind him. He's going to prove Luger wrong, but that'll be next week. Takes a lot to be champ. He's tired of DDP calling him out every week. He has been. I thought he called out Goldberg last week. Anyway... He may have broke his leg. <laughs> he's coming out limping, but he's broken his leg. And it's part of the business. A couple of months ago, he's really pissed. This is who he should have feuded with a month or two after coming back. He knows that Goldberg is supposed to face DDP tonight and wants to take him on. Here comes Goldberg and Hogan cannot think straight and he wants to take out DDP. Goldberg agrees that Hogan has a reason and therefore he and Hogan will wipe out the triad. Hogan plays himself in the main event. Shocker. Hogan is for it. DDP then calls him bald geeks and he's all for it. Hogan declares that he and Goldberg will rip the roof off the building and Goldberg tells us to watch the massacre.
1: Well, Disco has come down. He's not happy with Rick Steiner trying to copy him and tells him to bring his tush down here with a TV title.
0: The next match is for the TV title and it's the Inferno versus Steiner.
1: Well, Rick works him over. Uh, I mean, he annihilates him and it was a dud. So much for Disco.
0: Well, after the match, he continues to beat him up. Saturn runs down, they start fighting. Rick knocks him into the corner, but Saturn is game. He kicks Steiner to the floor. He does make Steiner look like a badass.
1: And match 10 is Jerry Flynn versus Chris Benoit for the US title.
0: Well, Flynn spin kicks Benoit on the head as the referee was randomly checking the ladder boots. He kicks him over and over in the corner, and then runs him over. Benoit ducks a kick to the head, and Dragon whips him down and picks him up and hangs him out to dry to the top rope. The chop sends him to the floor. Hart grabs. Benoit's attention and Benoit chasing him runs into a kick to the head back in the ring and Flynn gets two two and then hammers him to the corner Benoit tries to fight back but it's kicked some more and then flung across the ring and Flynn gets another two
1: two Benoit counters with a cradle and gets two two Flynn goes back on the attack and thrusts him into the corner but misses a running kick and gets some skin chopped off two two after a snap suplex rolling German time he hits all three and releases the third he goes up top and Jimmy is waving down the troops The headbutt connects and here comes the first family and they assault Benoit. Here comes the revolution. The fight is on. Well, it's pretty good flink and go, but just baffle us while they're feuding. Benoit has the mic and makes no sense and says there is only one way out of this. Benoit then calls out Sid Vicious. He does not care what any kind of victories, he will taste a loss and then he talks about power bombs and it does not make much sense.
0: And now it's the main event, Jersey Triad versus Goldberg and Hoke Hogan. I mean, the fucking intros are going in five minutes, but that is our main
1: event. So are the odds really stacked against uh, Goldberg and Hogan? They're going against three guys?
0: Well, this is the question. Does a tag team beat great individuals? I mean, what are your thoughts? Because I think we might have different thoughts on this. Do you think two main eventers... Work as a tag team?
1: Yes, I do. Um, and I think, you know, that it is actually an unfair advantage to Goldberg and Hogan.
0: <laughs> well, I feel a great tag team can be two great single wrestlers because it is in a tag team setting and I think you should have the advantage. I hate it when you see tag teams losing to two single guys because you think to yourself, come on, especially if they're, you know, near the tag team titles. I know the jersey triad aren't at the moment, but still.
1: Yeah, there is that side of things, but... You know, when Jean- Shawn Michael was tag team champions for a little while. Yeah, Vince around McMahon. Around WrestleMania 23 time.
0: Vince McMahon loved doing that. Like, he used to take a teaming up as well, didn't he? And then, yeah, you know, he had stuff like that. But I think with tag team wrestling, who were like, that they, they really could have got a handle on and missed out. And now WF has started building on their division. And again, in a couple of months and a year's time, they might have a fucking chance. And Hogan sends the entire jersey triad to the outside. Without so, Goldberg's help.
1: So, two great singles performers. What about Rated R? Rated RKO, sorry. Again, I don't think a great tag team. Like, but then they kind of merged into a tag team for a little while, so...
0: Yeah, but I, I still don't think... I, I still wouldn't like... I like a team, you know, kind of... Talk about matching outfits and this kind of stuff. got the same double-team moves. We've seen it with people like Usos and stuff like that. For me, that is what a, a proper tag team... It's like, as opposed to kind of two individuals. It's like, remember during like WrestleMania 20 time where it was like Booker T and RVD teaming up or RVD with Kane or Kane and Booker T or Goldust and Booker. Like they <laughs> just kind of had all these individuals as opposed to like proper tag teams.
1: Don't get me wrong, you know. It's, so what about The Miz and R-Truth or The Miz and Big Show or The Miz?
0: Jericho. And Jericho. Jericho and Big Show. Jericho, <laughs> Jericho Jericho, Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, the Miz and Jericho, I think they've teamed up with a load of different wow. people. So, you're, not, you're, you're obviously not happy in current times with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman being tagged. No, doubt team You
0: know, they'll be changing pretty soon as well, I'm sure. But things like Cesaro, how many tag team has he been involved with? The balls maybe a little bit different because they fully got into it. But still now, you know, you talk about chopping and changing.
1: Well, him and Tyson Kidd, they was kind yeah. of a proper tag team, weren't they?
0: And now Goldberg is in this match and he's got Canyon above his head at least 10 feet in the air.
1: At least 12 foot up and just picks him up, picks him out of the air and slams him down.
0: So as a Goldberg fan, do you think they've been using him well?
1: I... I don't know. I'm glad to see him back on the screen and I'm glad to see him back in his dominant fashion. Um, but, you know, aside from closing out his obvious little feuds going on, like, you know, the feud that he has with DDP and the feud that's... Sid Vicious has with him you know uh, what else are they going to do after him is he going to go for the heavyweight championship next I mean I, I sure me, surely. whoever he goes against won't have a chance even if it is Hogan
0: yeah I think Hogan has just shown his intelligence by when he comes back giving himself a world title but pairing himself with a guy who gets the most positive reactions as well you know it just makes common sense he's holding down Goldberg in a way but using that to still stay afloat and, and this is the questions that we see look at someone like DDP has he regressed this past year since his feud with Macho Man to become just a kind of a, a normal wrestler again? Or should he be trying to take a little bit different? The Bam Bam Bigelow, should he be involved in this as well? We saw when he first made it, he said would be still involved with Goldberg, didn't he?
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know, with the jersey trial, I think they've kind of stuck three guys together that had little to no direction. Um, and they've kind of made them into what they'd call, like, you know, a, a good unit. Mm. But, you know, I still, again, wouldn't class these three guys. I know they are the jersey triad, but I still wouldn't class law or anything.
0: Well, they're trying to have success in this match, beating down Goldberg and DDP getting a
1: tag in. So, all the while holding Hogan out of the ring, DDP and Canyon are tag teaming Goldberg. Nice one, Charles Robinson. I you are a dick sometimes.
0: Hey, it's because he's got a WWE top on. He doesn't make those type of mistakes.
1: Well, Charles is in charge of that. Canyon with a cover, but only getting a one count. One. But I suppose, you know, with when you've got the likes of Goldberg and Hogan in the ring, you do need to have to double slash triple team them to be able to get a legitimate advantage over them. I think without a shadow of a doubt. And, oh my God, like Goldberg breaks through. He breaks through the double clothesline attempt and just takes out both Canyon and DDP. Asking the fans if they want Hogan. Obliges... And Hogan's got DDP in his sights and says, You! He's hulking up after no one's even hit him. Why doesn't Hogan just start the match hulked up? I mean, it'd be a lot quicker. Because it would
0: finish in four moves. It would be three punches, one big boot, one leg drop.
1: Yeah. Oh! Goldberg's just (laughs) speared Canyon out of the arena. Charles Robinson's just like, yeah, fuck it. It's all gone to pot now. Wait a minute, Hulk Hogan with the big boot. Someone's just thrown a toilet roll in. As DDP's got a steel chair. Cracks it over the back of Goldberg. Well, I was going to say what happens after the spear, but DDP got in there. But Hogan had covered Bam Bam at that time and got the pinfall victory. And Goldberg's back up to his feet, scaring off Paige. Didn't he just get it by the diamond cut? Like one of the yeah. most devastating moves. As Literally, as soon as he hit the mat, he bounced straight up again.
0: Well, Paige can't believe it, and I don't think we can either. And that is the uh, main event for our very last Nitro. We've watched five Nitros in thought of WCW.
1: I think, you know, they are starting to pick up a bit of pace, but, you know, this Sid thing's getting a bit fucking boring. You start getting a good match, and he comes in and destroys it. Makes it kind of really pointless. Um, Sting and Lex Luger, what's going on with them? Uh... You know, and the whole Goldberg scenario. You know, there's just loads of questions. I mean, who's feuding with who as well? Yeah. And not Hugh as in Hugh Morris.
0: No, I mean, that wouldn't be funny at all. And like I said, Nitro ends for the month with Savage in Hogan's locker room. So the question is, can we trust Hogan? That shouldn't be the questions being asked in 1999. But that is it. Our next next episode will be all about Attitude. Episodes of Raw and highlights from SummerSlam plus SmackDown debuts.
1: And at the end of the month, NXT TakeOver Cardiff. Friday, August 30th, we've got three episodes of NXT UK. Saturday, 31st of August, NXT TakeOver Cardiff live show Live pre show at 5 pm.
0: And then Sunday, September 1st, NXT actually take over the show. But that's it for now. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or
1: at Vince McDan WWE.
0: I'm at underscore Ronan across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WWE Podcast at gmail.com. we on Facebook.
1: Yes, Facebook. can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan.
0: Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Net Review Podcast. The video's on there. Podcasts got the same time on YouTube as the other place, like SoundCloud. On your phone. We've got live shows and iTunes where down can download, subscribe, rate, and review there.
1: What about the website, James?
0: Well, the website, the www.podcast.com, is coming in the new year. Well, that's it for now. Until then, I've been James Roners, and as always, I was joined by Dan Mike. Thanks for listening, and bye. Bye.